Okay, so that is a very good question. How exactly do we start this? Because usually we have like two or three takes beforehand, but right yeah, now... Yeah, we, we figure it out. We now don't it's just, really it's just have on. a choice. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're just on. Uh, okay. Surprise! Um, Hello, got it. everybody. Welcome to Design Dork's Gaiden. Little different this time because we were sick for the first month, month, week. This is already yeah, the entire great. month, the entire month. It was just awful. Yeah, we're dead. Yeah, no problem. What is learning that you have a different gender identity? My random blizzard characters. How we doing? <laughs> was that was that a good opening? Did you like that? Ah, uh, yes. Distract everything from just pe- canceling the entire reason that game exists. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Oh, we're getting there. This is going to be a disaster. We are live, everybody. This is not a premiere. This is actually our faces right now. Yeah, it's it's happening. We're We're just trying this out because if we didn't do it this way, if we just recorded and edited it, like, Microsoft's thing is tomorrow, the PC gaming showcase is after that, it would become immediately outdated the second we did anything. Precisely. We have no shot. <laughs> but yeah, should be fun. Uh, yeah, in theory, in theory. Yeah, welcome to Zyndorf's Guide, the show where we talk about the games we've played, the news of the month, and just any other random things we've been experiencing. I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks, and joining me, as always... Uh, it's me, Pierre Kong, the handsome one. How you doing? You realize we have a comparison of our faces right now. Oh, absolutely. And All trust right. me, if we ran a poll right now, <laughs> I would get at least 30% of the vote. Okay, that, that, that's, that's, that's some strong confidence right there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, before we begin today, I do have a little bit of an announcements kind of thing right now. Mm-hmm. The main artist of my channel, Matt Arts, is going through... A bit of a a rough chain of events right now. Life has been dealing him a bad hand for like the last year. He's been getting evicted. He's been dealing with hospital bills. And it's just been been rough. And I've been wanting to do something to help him out. But we talked and we just... It never feels good to just throw out a PayPal and tell people like, Hey, if you can help me, please support. Because that that just... it, It doesn't feel good. So we talked and we had an idea. So what we're going to do is MadArts is going to draw a Design Dorks Gaiden community banner. And anybody that contributes to the PayPal that is in the description of this live stream, no matter how much, will be included in that banner. In the art style, that's the same as my my avatar in the t- top... Never, never eat salvage waffles. <laughs> top left of the screen. Goodness <laughs> But anybody... That wishes to be part of that, just send him a bit of money. Describe what you want your avatar to look like on the banner, and you can be immortalized in the official Design Dorks Gaiden banner for this live stream and this community. And I'll use it in the background of the episodes or something. I'll, I'll find something for it. You could look great. You could even say that you're just exactly King K rule, and you could. We could just have like five King K rules on the banner. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> just start a Kremlin universe. Exactly. Uh, K rule, but he's, but he's. I was trying to think of like a, something that he hasn't already been before. But my first thoughts were pirate, mad scientist, uh, sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, exactly, war chief. Exactly. Make, make some Mario Party astronaut. For him. <laughs> but yeah, if people have, 
Yeah, you know what? Just to make it even more spicy, however much the community do donates, I will personally match. So you know what? Oh, that's really cool. Go for it, guys. I believe in you. Let please help out my artist. Like I, I love working with him so much. I'd like to work with him for as long as I'm making videos. And it just it breaks my heart seeing him go through all this. So let let's come together and help him out. Yes, please, guys. Thank you very much for just hearing it out in general. But if you have the means to donate, then that would be super, super cool. It's it's super difficult to be a nice person on YouTube. And we want to be nice people on YouTube <laughs> and be able to actually support artists and stuff. Exactly. All right. But now, shall we start this proper? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, a, a, what's the first stupid segment? Uh, Ding Pots and Dragons. Play the transition. Yeah. Hopefully that transition worked, because if it didn't, all of them are broken. Well, that's cool. We'll know in, like, <laughs> ten seconds. <laughs> but yeah, uh, was, was there anything at all? Uh, yeah, um... First four figures released a figure of Walrus Banjo. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, and they asked on Twitter, would you like us to reveal our $120 Jinjo statues one at a time? Or would you like all five at once? All five at once? Come on. That sounds like a glorious lineup right there. And I'm sitting here going, wow. Wow. Banjo really is the affluent white person's franchise of choice, isn't it, now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no real updates for the characters, but, like, Microsoft Showcase is, in, is tomorrow. Yeah! There is a no, solid chance that right after this happens, the bet will end. Exactly! So we couldn't have recorded it today. Exactly! Is that we, we, we had to have watched that? Yeah. Just, no, uh-huh. Yeah, not happening. But what, what, what you been playing lately? Um, bunch of things. Mostly one thing, but a bunch of things. So I was just, you know, generally I like taking something to bed with me to help me sleep, just to, you know, wind down. And for the most part, it's been manga for the past couple months. Uh, right, right. But I did get the uh, Nintendo 64 online service because so, um, Connor and Gooms are on my family plan. So, oh, and we wanted to stream okay, okay. Banjo-Kazooie, so it's just a matter of, okay, yeah, I'll update that. So I uh, played a bunch of N64 games, uh, starting with Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, guess what? That game's still amazing. Um, still love it. Yeah, I Absolutely. heard. It's almost like it's like your second favorite game of all time? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, hmm. Fun thing I did this time was I did not beat the game. I just explicitly did runs of Mumbo's Mountain over and over and over again to see how close to, like, nine minutes I could do it. And I got to, like, nine minutes and four seconds is my best time on it right now. Nice. Yeah. And it just, it feels good when you know a game enough and are, like, trying to get as much blood from the stone as you can. And are just like, okay, where, where do I go now? Optimizing movement? Cool. Can I do that with Banjo? Absolutely. Does it feel great to do with Banjo? Yes. 
because like so many times games feel very, very inflexible. Banjo is a very slippery, slidey game, but one that you have so much control of your character because you got the feathery flap and such. So it just Mm -hmm. feels good going through that obstacle course and figuring out. And every time you make a small mistake, you go, shit, I, well, that ruins it. I got hit by Conga. Wow. Failure. Incredible. And just, you notice how bad you are at video games when you're trying to do them quickly. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes you... Uh, it's, it's what, What's the word I'm looking for? That, we can't, oh, crap. We can't, like, cut these out anymore because it's a lie. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, no, it's that... definitely a way that showcases just how much you've mastered it. Yes, but then I go to Treasure Trove Cove and I'm like, I could do this quickly. I continually died because I'm like... I'm just going to skip everything and do things. And oh my God, the Switch Online has like two frames of lag. My timing for hitting the crab in the face is different now. Oh, no. So I had the delightful scenario of taking too much damage to the crab, going inside, getting hit by one of the inner crabs, hitting the jiggy, but landing inside of a crab during the animation. So I know the instant the animation stops, I will die. I do, in fact, die. And I go, that's enough banjo for one day. Ah, but at least you're learning. At least you're learning. You're, your skills are improving. I am learning. It's it's fun getting to the point where you feel like you can't quite speed run a game. But, like, you would be like, you know, if a friend were to ask me to race them, I would say yes. And you'd probably win. I probably would. You want to race banjo? No. Cool. <laughs> Uh, it appears that I cannot display both trailer footage and your face right now, because one will cancel out the other. So, no background video for this time. We will, it's a first try, we'll figure this out later. That's fine, that's fine. I'll, I'll just be more animated. Um, then I played a game that I hadn't played before from the Nintendo 64, and that was, uh, Wave Race 64. Nice! I've heard a lot about that game, but I've never played it myself. Um, I am super impressed with that game's water physics for what, 97, I think? Oh, oh yeah, that, that's the one, that's the thing I hear. Yeah, it's, it's shockingly good. Like, just the feel of bobbing up and down in the water just works with the game and it compensates for it. I have no idea how they managed to get it to work at that level properly. Nice. But they did it. Like, it feels good. Uh, noble thing. Only one of the characters actually feels good to play as in their default form. Oh, it's because... the kind of thing where the separate characters have separate stats and all that? Yes, but you can customize the stats so it doesn't matter. But oh, every okay. character has, like, default stats. And the only one that feels good is the one where if you have good turning. Because, my ah. god, if you don't have good turning... This game goes from, oh, this is pretty fun, to, this game is kind of miserable, isn't it? Yeah, I could definitely see that being a make or break in a wave race kind of game. Yeah. Um, there are nine tracks. Ah. And you go through them pretty quick. Uh, with that said, you only get like six in the first outing, and then you get eight for medium, and then nine for hard. So you don't get them all at once. And I'm never getting that hard track, because medium is enough. Is it just Stonewall you? Is it too difficult, or...? 
I'm not consistent enough because okay. it's a lot of races to do very well consistently. Mm, all right, all right. That's still fun game. Yeah. Um, fun concept. Okay. I, I would look forward to how the GameCube sequel handles it because... Wave Race Blue Storm came out there, and I know it's not talked about nearly as much as Wave Race 64, but Wave Race 64, it, it feels like a good tech demo of a game. Okay, okay, yeah. It, it, it feels like, you know, sometimes you have games in that early era where it feels like, well, there is nothing like this. Uh, as a video game, it's kind of nothing, but the feeling of this, my guy, you gotta feel this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, first bit of motion controls before people realize that, oh, this is this is just kind of sw- swinging your hands around. Yeah, but we bowling, though. True, true, true. I can't argue that. Yeah. Uh, so then I stopped playing that, and I played F-Zero X, and guess what? The nice. game's so much better. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I can't compliment F-Zero X enough. Uh, it is insane how they managed to get that at a steady 60 on the N64. Really? And it feels... Yeah. I'd never that heard was, that before. Damn. No, that was their main focus. To make sure that the frame rate was as crystal clear as possible. And you can see that with how simplistic the designs are for the F-Zero racers. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it just feels good. Like, you compare this to freaking Mario Kart 64, even Diddy Kong Racing, a game I really, really enjoy, and just the fluidity of F-Zero X is insane. It it holds up to today's standards of fidelity, in that sense. Wow. It's just a pure speed feeling for it. Like... Is it only the racing and sometimes the death race? Yeah. Does it have a learning curve? Absolutely. Does it feel amazing to learn that learning curve? 100%. Very nice. Like, nothing but praise. I could have never played this as a kid because all of the uh, level select screens are big titty round card girls they're saying ground grand prix and they have little domino masks and really front load cleavage but you know outside of that preventing me from playing it as a child damn does it commit hard to just its heavy grungy 90s comic book aesthetic and then marries it with cute little polygons killing each other it's great hell yeah such a good series someday it'll return Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. God. You know, the F-Zero sold twice as much as Super Metroid on the SNES. Really? Yeah. How? What? But. But I. How did. You know, the uh, F-Zero sold infinitely more than Metroid on the Nintendo 64. Well, yeah, because there wasn't one. Come on. Exactly. (laughs) So where's my F-Zero game? Uh, you can't compete with Mario Party. Mario Party, Mario Kart. Goodness gracious. Because you can't have two of the same kind of genres on a Nintendo platform. That's just, that's just insane. We, they well, no, that's not that. fair. We, we had Metroid Prime 3 and The Conduit. Not like we had an entire generation where there was nothing but 2D platformers. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just want more F Zero. Uh, what, what you got? What you got? Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, yeah, just, just, just a very small story regarding Team Fight Tactics. Nothing about the actual game, but it was recently my dad's birthday, and he is absolutely obsessed with that game right now. Like, if the, good, it, it's his one game. That he's just like, okay, I'm back home from work. Let me play a few sessions of this and then go to bed. I feel that it's an eight-player game, right? Mm-hmm. And between my siblings and their spouses, we have just enough for an eight-player gaming session. Now, most of them don't actually play games, but I thought, you know what would be really fun? If I just got them to download it on their on their tablets and their phones or whatever and just surprise him with an eight-player session with the family, playing his favorite game. That was fun. That was so wholesome. Just wanted to share that story. It's great to... Oh. <laughs> also kind of funny because most of them don't know anything about video games and got steamrolled, but... It, it, it's nice when you take those kind of games and you actually have enough people to fill the entire roster of who's playing at the moment. Yes. It just completely eliminates the toxicity. It just turns it into a grand old time where you're all playing slot it, machines and trying to one-up each other. Exactly. Th- that's the feeling of four-player Mario Party. Right. <laughs> that's the only way that I can actually relate to this, so I'm going to take it. Uh, on top of that, <clears throat> I played something called The Ruined King. Now, that is the the team-based kind God, of... I don't know what this is. Uh, uh, not sorry, a turn-based game based on the League of Legends universe. It was like their first branching out. Okay, like, we're going to start making other games in this universe, different genres. Like, try to like, expand various character stories in various different ways. And this was like their first outing okay. for that. But okay, it's not what I thought it was. Okay. But I played it, and I was kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like it, Good! It, it's, a, it's a turn-based RPG, which I generally just kind of, like, catatonically move through as I'm trying to go through the story. But mm-hmm. this one this one clicked with me in a way that others don't. For one thing, it's short. Like, I'm about okay. 10 hours through it right now. I've heard that it's about 20, and the save screen is telling me I'm 50% through the game, which is perfect. That gives me... It, it, it's... What burns me out most on most turn-based RPGs is that I just get burnout with the gameplay, being like, okay, I, f- I figured out this system. I don't really want to... Let, like, give me a fast-forward button so I can just... I've got my build now. Let's 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 speed things along. Mm-hmm. But this has been a very nice bite-sized puzzle of a fairly interesting system. This is one of those turn-based games where the basic combat is less about just defeating the enemies... And more about resource management. It's kind of kind of persona e, where you're try- It's less about okay, yeah, I can defeat these enemies, no problem. But I need to find the right point to use my resources to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a mechanic in this game that basically you can overcharge your mana meter. Your basic attacks generate mana, and you can go above your max mana meter. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of. Uh, Balancing the scales of between, okay, do I want to generate mana right now so I can keep going through dungeons without having to worry about mana management? Or am I in a really tough fight right now? I don't need to burn everything at the moment. It's, it's, I, I find that far more engaging than just the simple, hey, press this button because this is what's super effective against this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has an interesting initiative system where, like, obviously it's got the, the basic initiative. Like, oh, yeah, yeah everyone has different... I think it's haste is the stat in this game, which allows them to take turns more frequently. But you have a lot of different mechanics that can 
cause you to either go faster or force your opponents to go slower. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of Pokemon Arceus, kind of like you can use a move as a speed move or a heavy move, which will, like obviously makes it so that you use it faster, but it is weaker or use it slower, but it has far more effectiveness. Right. Along with various different... Uh, they, they call them events, where you'll see like a uh, vertical bar on the initiative order, and if you can mm-hmm. manage to uh, land your turns in that little zone of effect, you'll either get like healed or a damage buff, but it happens for your enemies as well, so you're kind of like using your initiative abilities to push or pull your allies or enemies into those little bars. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, Chain Echoes has a similar system to that that I probably it- stole from this. That's cool. Yeah, I, I've seen Chain Deckers. It's it's kind of a similar system, and I've been f- having cool. quite a lot of fun with it. Uh, nice story's all right. Uh, wasn't yeah. wowed by it, but the I, I I don't like a lot about League of Legends, but I will compliment the actual character designs. They are very fun. The story is very much just like okay, these are the characters you know. They're doing the things the characters are known for. But it's it's still some of the best. Are you familiar with the characters Alawi and Brom in those games? I've heard the names before. However, there is exactly one lead character that I know the lore of, and it's Tom Kench. Is there Tom Kench? <laughs> uh, I think there are references to Tom Kench, but not actual Tom Kench. But Brom This is, saddens me. Brom is like a mountain of a dude. Th- think like Zongief's physique, but no beard and just a really long like handlebar mustache. With the personality of a... Of a six-year-old kid's idea of what being a man is. Just being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go out there and protect everybody and save the world. I'm out in the freezing cold, but I'm bare-chested because I'm just that immune to the cold. Oh, Everyone get behind bar. <laughs> His weapon is the vault door of the god of fire. The god of the mm-hmm. forge that he just ripped off and uses it as a giant tower shield. Just, Just some great characters that are very funny. I've been enjoying it immensely. Good, good. He he sounds like Gaytree. <laughs> you know what? Kind of. That's a that's a decent comparison. <laughs> uh, you know what? I put this underneath our medium list, but I think I can cover this as well, really quickly. Look at look at what I just set you up for. Speaking of Gaytree, oh no, no, this is actually Age of Empires. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh well, damn. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah, almost yeah, I, nailed I, I tee it. you up. I'm right there. I'm a perfect <laughs> caddy man for you, and you just decide, nah, screw it. Well, you you, you tee me up, and then you look backwards, and I'm still a course backwards. Like, bit of miscommunication. But Age of Empires II: Return of Rome came out now, which is a translation of Age of Empires One into the Age of Empires II engine, which mm-hmm. is a very odd game. Uh, most RTS games, whenever you make a unit, that unit is generally useful throughout the entire game. Like, if you're playing StarCraft, your Marines are going to be useful the entire way through. Age of Empires, you can upgrade your archers into crossbowmen and arbalisters, and etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But Age of Empires 1 covers the time period from, like, the Stone Age up to, like, ancient Greece and stuff. So you just got a guy with a club and a stone axe. Mm-hmm. That dude's just going to be useless in the later parts of the game. So it's a very odd experience where creating early game units is heavily discouraged, but defenses also absolutely suck. So early game aggression is really, really strong. 
I've never seen the Ron RTS game that like has such hard counters between uh, like different player decisions and what you're trying to build for the late game or for the early game or whatever. Mm-hmm. God damn. I'm trying not to look at the chat too much, but I no, trust me. Age of Empires, trust me. Being able to read this chat is like that's gratifying because now I know. Now I understand. Look, guys, I'm trying to get him to play banjo. He won't, so I have to play banjo. It's not that I don't. I like the game. There's just like five other games I want to play in front of it. It's not. And it's always Age of Empires. It is always Age of Empires. You can't get hold that against me. I can very easily. Uh, the campaigns of this game were great as usual. They are all, they're always told through, like, going through the historical tale of a specific historical figure, like Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan. Uh, this mm-hmm. one was Trajan, the Roman emperor, uh, Pyrrhus of Sargon? I'm not, no, 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 no. That's, that's Macedonia. No, mm-hmm. it's in different I I don't remember. The, I'm bad at history, but it's played as a story from, like, usually an onlooker, like, looking at their exploits or the character themselves. It's just a fun way of going through, like, the historical journey of a figure in our actual current times. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck catapults. I don't know why they decided to make those things the way they are in this game. Uh, generally, when you make these sort of games and you have a ranged unit, they'll kind of shoot towards where a unit is going to be if you, like, upgrade them a certain way. Which is, you know, great on paper. But for a game like this, where the uh, tools are so ancient... Hydrangea. <laughs> and the, proje- the projectiles are so slow, where a catapult is shooting towards is usually where the enemy army is approaching you, and where that will end up by the time the projectile lands is often right where your army is going to clash with them, and you're just going to friendly fire and kill all your units. Not quite fond of those. Uh, But apart from that, it's not as good as Age 2, but it gave me a newfound respect for Age of Empires 1. Good. Also, just because the development team is amazing, uh, they were only making new campaigns for this instead of remaking the old ones, but upon seeing that people wanted them, they were like, you know what, that's right, we should make some of the old ones as well. Here's a poll, we'll list... We'll remake these, put them on for free if you bought this thing. Because they just don't, they just refuse to stop giving me content to consume for my favorite game. Good. Which I'm glad it will great. never end. Nope, I'm going to be bringing this to this podcast every three months until the end of time. Every three months is generous. <laughs> uh, that's all my short ones. What do you got? What else you got? Uh, cool. So anyway, uh, speaking of games that give you content, uh, forever, uh, I decided to take the plunge and play, uh, Honkai Star Rail. That Uh, is the Genshin thing that's not Genshin, right? That is the Genshin game that is not Breath of the Wild and is instead Persona 5. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I was like, okay. I want to try it. Uh, I want to see what this is about, and I like Persona 5's gameplay more than I like Breath of the Wild's gameplay. I'm just easier to please with a JRPG, and that's that's an easier sell for me for a game that I can play on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, for a game with billions of dollars behind it, you can actually feel that there are billions of dollars behind it. Okay. Like, 
the presentation and the optimization are immaculate. And um, I know that this is a good game because they started explaining the constellations in the sky and space. And the big constellation that everyone loves is a whale. Hey, okay. And, and I went, sure. Oh, they know. Oh, you know. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just gear slowly taking. Didn't quite catch. <laughs> there we go. All right. We the joke took a little bit. You're just like, oh, cool. And they're like, wait, no. Oh, Actually, yeah, it's I hilarious. Love whales, that's great. I mean, oh. <laughs> I respect uh, the level of self awareness. Yeah. Um. The problem with the game is that it's excellent. Um, oh no. Yeah, no, it's a very strong uh, RPG. It's simplified Persona where you're just looking to snipe weaknesses, but then as you do more, you get more unique actions that can hit enemy weaknesses or shield your teammates. And then as you continue attacking, you can unlock super moves, and those super moves can be used constantly through a battle and then combo into other moves. It's, it's a very smart use of the Once More system. It's very simplified, but it feels good to go through. It's the persona system of I hit the weaknesses, they all fall down, I kill them all, I win. Yeah. And it does that really, really well. Every character only has like three attacks, but they approach it all in a unique way, like getting different stacks of fire damage on an opponent. So every time it's their turn, they take extra burn damage and whatnot. <clears throat> or you hit them and then you use your free turn to give an ally a shield. And every time the ally takes a shield, um, the character that casted the shield gets a free attack on the enemy. Oh, those. That sounds like a system that has very like adding simple mechanics like that, but that's always trigger reaction. Those are really mm -hmm. fun to just mix and match and say like, okay, if I do that with the person that has the fire thing and just keep them triggering attacks over and over again, stacking fire buffs. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very that, similar that to that. And it does sound fun. Just consider that with a full gotcha system, and every character is just their own unique thing, and figuring out how to put your team of four together based on that. Like, right. it's super smartly considered in a way that will allow it to continue making content. And the issue with it is that it's kind of well written. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Um, characters are all charming, well voice acted. Uh, there's this one character who is uh, the boss of your space station, and she's like an eccentric collector. And she's like, OK, meet me in the other room. And you're like, where's the other room? And she goes, I'm bored now. This is a puppet that I'm controlling remotely. I'm going to deactivate and get to the other puppet. Bye. And then you talk to her in the other room, like, okay, I made it. And she's like, okay, you have two questions before I get bored. Make them count. And then I go to another puppet. And just characters react well. There are a ton of little codex sequences of, like, people claiming that they're getting scammed. Uh, there's a joke at the expense of the metaverse, and it's funny. <laughs> They're like, yes, I've created this virtual realities program for us. It's a new meta reality, and I call it the metaverse. And then your character has the reaction of, that sounds dumb, or please don't name it that. <laughs> and then she goes, yes, everyone else has told me not to name it that too. I'll take it under consideration. And then you get into the not metaverse, 
and it's a roguelike. Oh, that is just completely separate from the main story, which is an actual story. Oh, don't stop. Stop selling. I don't want to play this. It's a really good game. The issue is that it's evil. Hmm. Is the gotcha stuff still just as bad as Genshin? The gotcha stuff. It's not as bad as Genshin. The issue is it's smarter than Genshin because it'll show you the character that, you know, you can pull your banners for and whatnot. And just like the this is the chase character to spend all of your money on. The problem is that they give you a free demo of that character for like two specific fights oh and by no. clearing that demo you get free pulls for That's, that character oh so they like dip your they force you to dip your toes in for no risk whatsoever well no they don't force you to you can just ignore the character if you want but it is free you get to feel it you get to see the character's cool animation and the insane thing there's such a level of polish on this game because you can play the game at two times speed they change the voice lines for the supers depending on if you're at one or two times speed so that it times out properly. Really? Yes. Okay. That's actually really like, cool. Yeah, no, it's there's an incredible amount of polish. The game is evil. But like, if you are not a whale, but you're instead a dolphin then this might be a good game for you. I'm, I'm saying this because I wanted to see if it's a good game, and it, Honkai Star Rail, is a good video game. Okay. Well then. Your ability to play it depends on your ability to control yourself. Because I don't inherently think that microtransactions are an evil. They're an evil depending on your individual personality. And it is very, very easy to make that predatory. Mm -hmm. This game is very upfront in exactly how predatory it is. Yeah, honest evil. Yes. They found the new meta. You gotta quit now? Guys, I played Mario Kart Tour for like two years and spent zero dollars on it. I played Fire Emblem Heroes for four, and the only money I spent was $5 on a Black Knight starter pack. Like, I am mostly immune to gotcha-itis. But there are some people who are not. Like, this is a good game for specifically me. And I am trying to articulate that <laughs> if... It sounds like you can resist the temptation to not spend all of your money on the pretty girl. Then it will be a good RPG. If you can't. Oh, God, no, please don't play the slot machine. All right. I, I've heard so much about that game. That was not the feedback I was expecting to give. I thought we were just going to be bitching about microtransactions for a bit. But no, I'm impressed and a little scared that it's a good game. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Uh, that said, the main female character's name is March 7th. Still haven't figured that out. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're called March 7th, but, like, that's just a name that I'm like, <laughs> that's a silly name. Cool. Very cool. 
Yeah. Uh, as to why they're called whales, I see in chat, uh, a whale is a term for someone who is constantly feeding a um, gotcha system. So for your one and done players, we call those like minnows because like they'll come in, take a little nibble and then they'll get out of the game. So you'll get like maybe five dollars off of them. A whale is someone who will spend all of their money pulling on banners and will be a major financial support to your game. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is very silly that the gods of the world are, in fact, whales. That's that's so upfront with it. And for it to be so. I, I guess cleverly designed about what it's witty and I hate it. Hi, boy. Uh, oh, great. We can have cat cameos now. They're in the design. The, this is great. This is fantastic. Right? Right? Basil, Basil, come on. Don't show them your ass. Come on. Come on. Be photogenic. <laughs> What's a dolphin? A dolphin is the middle step where, like, you'll pull for one specific character. Yeah, like, if you'll, if you'll make, like, a $50 investment going, like, okay, but I need that one. Yes. They, they added that. They just... added a crossover character. They They added... Uh, they added Wesley from Princess Bride, and you know, I I just need that in my life. I I can't resist. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else about that one? Uh, no. I'd have to play more because I got midway through. I'm like, you know, I could read all of Dragon Ball Z right now. So I read all of Dragon Ball Z instead. Nice. Oh. So uh, I'll, I'll tag out what you got. Uh, just on a whim, I saw someone mention that Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn had a randomizer now. Mm -hmm. And I have never even considered that game having a randomizer. So obviously I had to go try it out. It took me like a solid day to figure out how to get it set up. I did eventually do it. And when you open up this randomizer, I need to just explain how much is there you'll get like a full-on like spreadsheet of like 10 different tabs of just various little different things you can tweak throughout the game mm -hmm. like you got the baseline just being like oh you get characters but in a different order you but then you also have you can also swap up out what the enemy classes are and they can be literally anything you can swap out oh, what their okay. items are you can swap out what your own character's classes are. So you might get Micaiah, but she is an armored knight now, but with the same stat growths as as Micaiah, which is oh no, awful. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's horrible. And if you really want to go insane, they'll do this just absolutely cursed thing where they will change their class, change the model, but just kind of take like their. Oh, I studied animation. What's that thing called? Just just the flat map of all the colors that are on a model. Uh, yeah, they're it's your base palette, yeah, I would say. Yeah, it has an official term, but but like you know you know the the, the flat image of like what what a texture. God, I I cannot believe I can't remember this. But they'll just take those colors and just kind of layer it over the same model, which mm -hmm. is horrifying because models are not the same size. So you'll get like this purple and blue and white armored knights with just its face and th two of its limbs missing because Micaiah's textures are not enough to cover the entire 3D model. Mm -hmm. And they're completely randomized as well, so it is horrifying to look at. Oh, delightful. But it creates some <laughs> no, that's what I want, though. experiences. Uh, the first go-through I did, uh, not quite textures. 
if someone in chat might correct me, it's something map or anything. But the first go through, I tried to randomize literally everything, like all the enemies, all all of my own units, everything they were holding. Uh, you can also mix the enemy important characters into the recruitment characters as well. So you might mm -hmm. stand alongside like the main villain, but you'll see the enemy is just one of the herons. I, I randomed into Leon being the main villain of the first act. I think his name's Jared. Yes. Which is so funny, just seeing just the, the prim and proper hair in prison just going like, fire the catapults into the city. If they can't have it, no one can. <laughs> Admittedly, I was imagining Leon Kennedy, but <laughs> I know that's not accurate. It would also but... be funny. I ended up starting with Micaiah becoming Ike as the Light Mage. I had hilarious instances where the healer Laura was Braum, but Braum as a Heron, which was actually amazing because Braum's initial stats gave a ton of defense, which let your Herons just tank up front and try oh, to Oh, that's immediately. fun. It's really oh, that's nice. good. But it created so many interesting scenarios that you just wouldn't really deal with otherwise. Like, in that scenario, like, my healer was a Heron now. And I'm going through these maps that were designed for having a healer that I don't have. Which just creates really <laughs> interesting scenarios. Being like, oh, okay, I have to actually like really be careful with my vulnerabilities because I'm going to need them every single moment. Uh, mm -hmm. Enemy classes being randomized means that on this one map that you're kind of defensive, suddenly there's 12 flyers. There's all converging in you once you have to like make a little ball of units that are trying to just survive the initial onslaught. Right. Problem with that was, sometimes enemies will just have siege tomes, and if you ran oh. into like four enemy mages having siege tomes, oh, that's no, that's uh, that's unacceptable. Get soft <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed there was an option on the randomizer to turn off siege tomes. I was like, ah, I can't see why that would be needed. I, I won't turn that on. That is very needed. You cannot. No, that's, uh, that sounds areas. very needed, my guy. Uh, so I did get soft locks, and I was like, you know what, I'm having enough fun with this, I'm just gonna try again, and do it just the recruitment order, which means that you have, like, everyone's the class they are, but they just, you recruit them in different orders, like, my initial game, right. I thought was initially broken, because Edward turned into Valtome twice, <laughs> but my second go-through was the story of Ranulf, the silver-haired maiden, and his boyfriend Volug, as they saved Dayan. That's so cute! Right? It was great! Which is hilarious, because if you get Ranulf at level 1, he's still incredibly overpowered. Like, you can untransform him, and he'll just kick everyone to death. I like this. And it also had them start with, like, the character's skills they would have had. So Ranulf had Sacrifice, which a Lagoos with that ability is really good! <laughs> no, yeah, because... Don't you get extra hit points when you transform? It's been a while. Uh, you get extra stats, but you have okay. just an absurd amount of hit points regardless. So you've got That's like a 40 right. hit point pool, whereas all the enemies are doing like 9 points of damage. So mm -hmm. if you like give him Paragon or something, you've got this Lagoos that is just perpetually getting 20 experience every single round. And just, I think he's like level 30 right now, and I just barely finished <laughs> the initial mission. Oh, that's beautiful. It's really great. Oh man, that chapter where he has to slaughter all those lagoos is going to be awkward but easy. <laughs> I'm just looking at the cutscene of like Zelgius versus him. I'm like, you know what? I'm my money's on Ranulf now. Sorry, we're good. <laughs> it does, it does, but like even then, like it's a completely different kind of randomizer. But it also creates new scenarios that are really interesting. 
Because, like, you think that randoming a late-game unit early is super good, but this randomizer mm -hmm. is clever, and it's actually really bad, because while it will, like, tool their stats for where it should be there, their growth rates are the same. Ooh, so, like, if you get okay. a really late unit, like, I had Bastion, for example, the late-game Wind Mage. Yes, he was great yes. at first. Like, he was part of the, uh, the, the mission where you initially encounter Peleus, and you've got the three units trying to defend the one area. Uh, he was great at first, but he's got no magic growth, so by the end of the, the first act, he, I had a wind mage that was doing like two damage per wind ability, and it was just kind of awful. But like, that's Ooh. why randomizers were so fun, because you're just, you kind of just have to take what you're given and be like, okay, like, this unit sucks, this unit sucks, but like, I, I've, I've got Valtome here, who's just a level five bishop already because i gave him paragon because why not and now he's just dodging everything and killing people with his stave and it's hilarious beautiful also my damn I don't I, have a transition I, for this but micaiah was the black knight and that i was cackling over that that's good oh that's beautiful oh i like this oh whoever ike is killing her is going to be very funny it, it's even better because the overworld sprites will try to stretch the models to still do the Black Knight's animation. So you'll see just this <laughs> spaghetti model, like, reaching a sword up and slashing down. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, it, oh, that's art. It, it, it's been great. Uh, it takes a bit to set up. I would highly recommend, if anybody's ever played Radiant Dawn, this is some of the best fun I've had with the game. I, I'm kind of tempted to just keep doing it over and over just to see what I get, because that's the joy of randomizers. Yeah, you get really attached to random characters. Exactly. Like, I have never cared about Marcia this much, but, like, she's carrying me pretty hard. Alright. But that was all I have about Radiant Dawn. Should all we right. do the main thing that we really care about, or the thing that I care about and you spoiled yourself on? Uh, let's do the latter thing. I... I mean, I care about it. I'm just not buying it. Okay, okay. So, big game that came out last month. I did eventually just cave me like, you know what? I I, I want to be part of this hype train. I'm gonna cave and buy it. <coughs> Was the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. And uh, hold on, let me real quick just grab a text thing for spoilers. Just I'm not gonna put it on screen immediately, but mm -hmm. once we get just to, to get spoilers. There. I will just put this on screen, and if anybody doesn't want to have spoilers about any of the late game stuff, you can just mute this, and once the spoilers thing is gone, like, it'll be down here. I will hide it for now, but once we start talking spoilers, that's what will happen. Okay. Yeah. So, where... <clears throat> Gosh, where do I even start? I, I guess I should start just by saying that there is too much game in this game. It is ridiculously overwhelming... No, it is three games. No, it, it's it's just it just is. It's insane. Yeah, uh, I I won't spoil the extent of it just yet, but I had like every thirty minutes or so, just kind of a decision paralysis of being like, okay, I could I could go down that cave. I could go try to continue the story. I could go. I see that guy with a sign right there with the sign puzzles. I love the sign puzzles. They're so much fun. <laughs> Just this random dude that's holding up this picture of Hudson. He's like, oh, I, I can't let him drop. It's not stable. I will, I will support you, sign of Hudson. And you just have to grab random stuff nearby and create this little makeshift 
just support system so that he can let go of it and the sign will still stay up and gives you 20 rupees every time he, he does it and it's it's so simple and so silly but i love it so much <laughs> ah gosh i i guess the goofy mechanics are all great yeah no it's it's a fun game to just see people goof around in and it's it's endearing in that way where you just want to see what people come up with. Not just like the higher end of what it can do, mm. but just the little things. You just want to see how people get a Korok across a river. And you're not looking for the most optimal way. You're just looking to share that experience and feel it with others. And that's such an intelligent and organic way to sell your game. I get why this game did not have much revealed about it before it came out. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because Cause like you can't convey the feeling that it's going for. It's a big risk, the feeling that it's going for. Because if that doesn't pay off, then it's then that game's dead in the water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fact that it does pay off is insane. Like yeah, I I, I made a makeshift catapult mm-hmm. to fire the core rock. Well, I just strapped it to some rockets and sent it into the stratosphere. I was just like, I want to see it go down the river on a log, and maybe it'll get to the other side if the log is big enough. (laughs) Yeah, just as a baseline experience, I am in awe and delighted by just the sheer amount of creativity that this game allows for. I think there's like, I don't know exact number, but there's dozens of different little bits and bobs that you can attach to things, like these little Zonai artifacts that will... Provide a fan or a laser or a frame floor, yeah, flamethrower or just a little <coughs> gear that spins around that you can attach things to it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it boggles my mind. I I wish I was younger so I could have the time to like really just explore this game properly. If I was ten and had this game, I would not stop playing it. Exactly, because there's just, there's. Just, there's so much to do. It's insane. I'm imagining a world where instead of at age 10, I had Wario World, I had this game. And that's a much better timeline for me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it has been quite like a seamless transition into all these options. Like, for example, I really don't like arrow management in this game. I love the idea of being able to fuse things to your arrows and having having different effects, but you have to refuse something for every single arrow you fire, oh, and yep. that, that just gets really tedious doing that over and over and over and over again. Yep. Uh, I think the uh, what's the what's the one that goes up? Elevate or rise? What? The one where you swim through the buildings feels a little finicky. Yeah. I have had a couple of instances in the game where it just, like, unsurprisingly, like, there's a bit of jank with how much you can do in this game. But even then, like, it's it's still fun the entire I really like how Fuse kind of fixes the problem of enemy encounters kind of being worthless. Because yeah. now the best things you can fuse to your weapons to make them the strongest are like the Lionel horns or the Hinox horns or just various different things that you can find from fighting. I appreciate the game giving a story justification on why all of your weapons are shit and therefore making you need to use the game's unique mechanics of fusion in order to combat that. Exactly, exactly. It's, 
it's such a rich way of doing it that the original game did not have. For sure, for sure. Uh, I will say, I know that there's more in this game, but the enemy variety does still feel a little lacking. There, there are new enemies, of course, but there's over double the world to explore, meaning that the world to enemy variety ratio is still kind of the same, which is kind of unfortunate. And, like, there are still... I, I appreciate various things, like... Like likes from the dragon. Talk about like likes. Like the like likes have yeah. and to uh, wait for them to reveal that little orb inside of them before you hit that. That's nice. Uh, Gibdos were in the trailer as well. Uh, having to use an element against them. Like th there's certain things that engage you and uh, like ask you questions. Like oh, I have to approach this encounter in a different way. But most things are still just spam the weapon weapon button until they die, which does still kind of. I still feel like actual combat in this game is not in its strong suit. Like, f finding different ways to approach combat is amazing, but in the actual, like, toe-to-toe... -to -toe, like, like, you fight a Lionel, it's still a Lionel, but think nothing has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Sorry, I have got the biggest mess of notes right now. No, that is no problem. I could sit here and I can give you commentary on things, but... Seeing as I have not touched the game because I will not pay the $70 price tag. Just, I will wait until I find a used copy for 50 Okay, okay. Because this is an excellent game, but if I'm going to make a line in the sand, I'm not going to compromise on that line unless it's Donkey Kong. It's just a Nintendo executive. Listen, okay, write that down. We up that price right now. We got we got the clearance. That's fine. If it means the DK is more financially successful and we get more DK things, yes. 80. Fine. Um I'm kind of torn on the new like stuff they're adding to the world here. I think the idea behind the Zonai is fun. I like seeing all these constructs all over the place. I think the, the Zonai, Zonai are themselves... such good designs. I was about to say, I think they're absolutely hideous. <laughs> they're just discount I love them. for bulks. They're terrifying. I love them. Okay, if, if it's because they're terrifying, okay, I can, I can kind of see where you're no, coming from. Better Goat Moms than Toriel. I, I don't They're like, like they cyborg tutorials. Sure, but like compared to the rest of the Zelda roster there, they just feel so off to me. Oh please, the Gorons exist. Yeah, the Gorons exist, but they have like the very basic like tie-ins like like they got their whole Pokemon elements thing. They're they've just, the Zone and I are just there to be like Sheikah 2.0, but cows. No, they're cool. They, I don't know. They they did nothing for me. No, I like them. <laughs> All right, each their own then. Uh, I will say this: the localization in this game needed another pass. Like they've got some really, really literal translations for certain things. Like you'll talk, you're everybody talking about. We have our secret stones that are the source of our power. That this is the stone that increases my time power and my light power and my fire power. Just very 
Like, I, I know this is the same game that had, like, the water and fire stones, but it's just the, the amount of severity that... Having voice acting behind that now is just... I was I was busting a gut every time they tried to, like, have their super serious moments. Being like, oh, yes, I have been granted the power of my ancestors. The water secret stone. To their credit, this is how Zelda has always been written. Yes. Nothing has changed. We are just realizing that them saying it out loud is very, very funny. Uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. I think... I need to start talking spoilers to get into. That sounds good. I'm things. I'm more active in spoilers because it's easier to talk about the plot than it is mechanics that I haven't gone up to, but have been like, haha, funny. Give me more. Okay, so what do I care about? I I want to talk about Ganondorf first. I want to talk about Ganon and Zelda, and that's my main focus. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ganondorf is such a polarizing depiction in this game. Because for one thing, simply having Matthew Mercer's voice behind him gives him so much gravitas. Like, I love every single voice line that comes out of that man's mouth. Yeah. No, very strong daddy. Very good. (laughs) Uh, I think his... Boss fight is probably the best that he has ever had in the series. Low bar. Fair. Yeah, true, 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 true. But, like, as soon as I saw him, like, start swapping weapons to meet you, as soon as I swung at him and he flurry rushed me, like, I I just kind of leaned back in my chair. I was like, okay. Oh, shit. Like, I I might have to take you seriously. I get it. On the other hand, he is very, very special arrow spamable. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like it's not. It, talking about difficulty in Breath of the Wild, such an interesting thing is it all depends on how much you have going into it. Like, I don't really enjoy cooking at all, so I have no healing wherever I'm going, and going down there having already had like gloom knockouts most of my hearts. Essentially going into, like, okay, it's a one-on-one duel. If I get hit, I'm killed. Mm -hmm. That was a really, really tough fight. Super satisfying to get through. Uh, I think the payoff for him, having the whole... (laughs) Just the demon dragon. That that was sick. It's another Dark Beast Ganon where it's just like, okay, this looks cool, but it is very, very easy. God, what a set piece that was. Yeah, no, it it pays off really well. I think his actual characterization is my least favorite in the series. Really? Okay, go on. There's just... Like, in, in terms of his role in the story, like, his actual, like, personality, charisma, it's, fan, it's phenomenal. His actual role mm-hmm. in the story... I think I even like Twilight Princess a little bit more because at least Twilight Princess had the sick like execution scene. Mm-hmm. This is kind of just Ocarina of Time Ganondorf again, but less. Hmm. Like he is, is, they have like a one to one shot of like Ganondorf coming and kneeling in front of the Hylian King, in front of Raru. Oh yeah, it, it covers a lot of the same story beats. He he, he betrays you. 
but there's none of that like fun banter between him and like meeting Link for the first time and just not killing him. Be like, ha, I like your attitude. Kate, let me throw a magical sphere at you real quick just to show you up, put you in your place. I like the moment he has where Raru is hyping up Link and he's like, fuck yeah. Oh, I can't wait to beat up Link. Oh, man. Dying is going to be so worth it when I get to beat the shit out of Link. Like that bit I liked. Um, for me, he's just Ocarina again. Like this is a completely lateral Ganondorf for mm. me. Like I don't like him any less and I like him more because he's attractive and voiced by Matthew Mercer. <laughs> yeah, he, he, the Matthew Mercer effect does great things for him. And I, I love the theme of just like, all of his different weapons and his clothing is all very, like, Japanese samurai kind of deal. Like, the, when he, as soon as he pulled out, like, the Yumi and started shooting you with it, I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I, I like I like that his duplicitous nature is more active in the story because that, that's what Ganondorf is mostly. He's a trickster. He poisons people. His mm. whole arc and ocarina of time is hitting the three sacred deities of the world with tummy ache magic until they give him their rocks every single time i i think it it, it doesn't land as much for me here because everybody around him knows that he's tricking them but it mm -hmm. just works anyways and there's not there's no like I, I do like the moment where he's looking forward to meeting Link, but there's not that connection between him and Link. It, it, it's another problem where all the story plot lines is happening in the past, and I do think it's better here for reasons I'll get into a little bit later, but mm -hmm. uh, th there was definitely a disconnect between beating Ganondorf in this game for me. Well, yeah, because the goal of the game is not destroy Ganon. It's find Zelda. Ganondorf is the obstacle to your giant game of hide-and-seek, essentially. I'm noticing he in the comments, someone's talking about these motivations in Japanese come from viewing the Zona as cowards and making the world weaker and disguising it behind peace. I like that a lot more. Mm -hmm. But in English, it is, as they say, I love evil, I love darkness, woo. Which j just isn't that compelling to me for a villain. Like, you're evil for the sake of evil, which... Gives me something to beat. But I'm more fine with it for Ganondorf because his character has always been power for the sake of power. Because power is power, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I, th I think I was just a little more hopeful this time because of... I was hoping for a greater juxtaposition between Calamity Ganon of the last game and current... Ganondorf now, especially upon seeing his design and seeing, like, how regal he looked. Well, yeah, yeah, Wind Waker Ganon screws everything up by being an actually good character. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, like, he, he was fine, like, I, I still enjoyed him immensely. That that moment where he enters his second phase and the boss fight health bar just keeps growing past where it's yes. supposed to go, that was great. Oh, beautiful. Ah... <laughs> uh, Like, I, 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 I enjoyed him, but I was also, I, I was whelmed by how his effect on the story. Like, it, it was, it was nothing more than what he's been before. Yes, but daddy. Fair.
I, I can't argue that. Like, uh, let me strongly go, damn, they just greatly increased my interest in any Smash rework of him. Oh, for sure. My God. <laughs> Can you imagine with that design? That just, just turn him into the Byleth 2.0, but actually good. Just quickly swapping between weapons and combined with the magical effects behind it. That would be so sick. I just want people to punch his chest and go, ow. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, I don't want to do the big spoiler thing just yet. Let me get through a little smaller things about just various bosses. Oh yeah, go for uh, it. The biggest high I had in this game, apart from I did get a little bit of emotional during the ending, was the Rito boss fight. Uh, the Rito conflict is that there is currently a never-ending snowstorm that is slowly just killing all the crops, preventing them from flying. It's like it's making everything miserable there. So you fly up there with, uh... The... What's his face? The wind champion from Breath of the Wild. What? Taba's Ta 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 son, Tulin. Yeah, Tulin. I love Tulin. Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's a little guy. Which, side note, I, I love the concept behind giving you companions that will actually travel alongside you and fight with you. Mm -hmm. That feels so good. In practice, having that tied to the abilities, like having to run up to them and talk to them and be like, hey, you, Unibo, like, go roll forward into the fire explosion thing. It's a real mess. Just trying to get through the chaos of combat and be like, no, come back here. I'm, I'm trying to change. I need you to use your ability. Come back. I agree with you, but to the extent I don't think that... Other than Rivali's Gale, champion abilities have really been a major focus of the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom thing, especially with the flexibility of Link's natural powers now. I would agree, but especially Riju's ability, which gives her this aura that lets you shoot a lightning bolt at wherever... It calls on a lightning strike wherever you shoot with an arrow. Mm -hmm. The ability is almost useless because you have to run up to her to use it but it's a ranged ability, and mm -hmm. she's a melee fighter. I, 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 I'm saying all this because I think they should have just made it a button input, because making it so you actually have to talk to them is a mess. No, I, I agree with you. It's clunky. On the other hand, I just don't think it's as major of a detriment. Like, it's, it's an annoyance to me, not a deal-breaker for me. Okay, okay, I uh, anyway, back back to the um, the real thing. So you go up to, to the sky above them, and you just find this colossal ice ship that's just flying above the Rito inside this, like, Eye of the Storm hurricane. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Which, first of all, is just a sick set piece. Uh, it's an actual, not quite proper dungeon, but, like, they actually take the time to actually, like, design out more of a classical-esque dungeon experience in this game. And I think they do a really good job with it because they have these great themed areas like the, like the Gorons have like this forgotten underground city that you have to ride on in minecarts, which is really cool. The Gerudo have this giant like ziggurat temple that you have to like go through various er areas and you can just use the rising up ability to just randomly go up and be like, okay, I don't know what's above me. Let's, let's just check out this room. See what's there. Yeah. 
lot of fun with them. Probably need a few kinks ironed out, but, like, I, I enjoyed everything I experienced with them. I kind of just wanted more, honestly. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get to the end of that Rito boss fight, the boss shoots out, and it's that giant, like, flying ice worm that you see in the trailers. Yeah. Its name it, it, is... Oh, oh my god, it's the name. <laughs> it's oh, super on Is it Cryogera? Yes. Oh. Uh, I thought it was Colgera. It, like, it, just the no, word wait, Mulgera yeah, it and Colgera. It is Colgera. You're right, you're right. Which, like, okay, we're doing that again and like you, you hear the remix start to play it, it's it's Mulgara's theme remixed again for Mulduga and I was like oh yeah oh, okay we're doing this before I love this theme but like it's it's nice it's a fun boss fight you like there's a constant updraft around so you're kind of flying around it trying to either shoot arrows at these little giant ice like crystals in its body to break them or you can actually just skydive through them and just smash through them with your body which is really fun Right. And I was just kind of feeling the vibes going through it. Music's fine, but like it's Breath of the Wild music, which just doesn't have that punch as like the original Mulgara theme. Like that's one of the best yes. themes ever. But then like the final phase starts, and it's it's just been kind of the boss theme for a bit, but then out of nowhere it turns triumphant, and this grand choir just starts singing the Dragon Roost Island theme from Wind Waker in counterbalancing the Mulgara theme that's playing at the same time. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that. I went very quickly from, oh yeah, th this is a cool boss, I'm liking this set piece, to, oh my god, I'm going to save the Rito, let's do this! Ah, <laughs> uh, wonderful. It's, it's a moment that, it, it, it's it's the kind of the proof of the hero Monster Hunter deal, where like, the monster's theme starts getting overpowered by the hero's theme, and you're just... Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. One of the main things I love about Zelda, and kind of why it's just fallen through into one of my lesser Nintendo series presently, because like when I was a kid, mm -hmm. it was just that that hero's fantasy of like, okay, I'm gonna go off an adventure and save the world. Haven't felt that a lot from the re recent games, but like that that just shunted me back to eight year old me playing Wind Waker for the first time. That was an amazing moment. Oh, good, good. Uh, the rest of the bosses are okay. Uh, well, yeah, actually, no, the, the fire one might be one of my least favorite bosses. It's a big, rocky goma, which looks pretty cool, but it's a lot mm -hmm. of just like, okay, it threw a rock at you, use rewind on it, and throw the rock back. It stopped now. Okay, wait for it to drop a rock again, throw it back. And you can try to use Unobo to, like, knock its legs out and bring it down, but if you miss with Unobo, it's more waiting as just, like, randomly rolls around the entire arena and you're just kind of just awkwardly waiting it's like okay it's a it's a big waiting game that wasn't the most enjoyable thing in the world i do have to say i love that the gorons refuse to develop at all and that their story will always be we are fat lazy fucks we want to eat and this story is oh man we have found the best food we will never do anything but eat and figure out ways to order DoorDash. Uh, My God, the Gorons never learn. It's amazing. You can ascend through it? Oh, okay. Well, that would have made the boss fight a lot more fun. <laughs> but that's the thing with 
these sorts of games. Like, there's so many different ways you can approach every individual encounter. Uh, I loved the idea behind Sidon's story. Like, he's trying to keep his fiancée safe because he doesn't want her to die the same way that Mifa did. It's an idea that's really impactful. They do absolutely nothing with it, but I appreciate Zelda is trying to have some deeper character themes. I'm just happy that Sidon is happy. Yeah. And then the and then the the Gibdo Queen was cool. I, I like how they made the Gibdos into more insectoid like moth creatures. That was a really cool yes. design choice. Yes, and with Redeads also being reintroduced in this game, it gives them a lot stronger of an identity. Were Redeads introduced in this game? Weren't they? No, Aren't it, they? Uh, it, oh, that, that's... Uh, you see them in the trailer, and you're thinking like, oh, yeah, that's a Redead. Those are actually Gibdos. They're just uh, reclassified as Gibdos. I don't know if they're going to, like, push Redeads in a different direction later, but it's 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 just uh, Gib it's Gibdos all the way down. Okay. Okay. But that was a neat battle and a neat dungeon. Probably my favorite dungeon. I I just love Zelda light puzzles. They're just fun. They're good. They make you consider 3D space and stuff. Indeed. Uh, characters are okay. Apart from Yunobo, I can't stand Yunobo. Uh, there's few things I, I can't, can't stand believe more. they invented a Robbie Damon character I don't like. <laughs> You know what's really funny about that? Uh, the the Critical Role just did a Zelda one-shot where Robbie Damon is playing a Goron that's a huge fanboy of Link, and it's like ten times better than Yunobo. <laughs> I believe it! But just his constant vocal tick of Goro, 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 it, it, it's... It's it, it's a it good, catchy reference, but... So I'm just going through my notes, being like, okay, have I, have I covered everything? There was a Jenga shrine. That was hilarious. Loved that a lot. Nothing else to say about that. It was just fun. Yeah. Um. No, yeah. Let, let's let's talk about the, the big spoiler thing of a bobber. So the way yeah. I approached this game is that once I got off the Sky Islands, I went to the Rito and went right. Like, I, I did it in a clockwise motion, just throughout the various mm -hmm. stories. Which meant that one of the first memories I found was the one that's tied to the Master Sword, which is technically the last one in the timeline that you can find. And in this, me in this um, memory, it is the post-battle with Ganondorf, where Raru sacrifices himself, his arm is stuck in Ganondorf, and they're all everything's fine, like, everything is ready for the timeline to catch up to where Link is now, and Zelda's still there just trying to figure out what she's supposed to do. And she's just mm -hmm. staring there, being like, I know what I'm supposed to do. There's, it's something only I can do. And then there's this flashback to a memory that I've never seen before, talking about a process of draconification to become a dragon is to lose oneself. Yeah. And Zelda's just sitting there being like, I'll be forever changed. And there was just like three seconds of my brain going, what? <laughs> hey, hey, hang on, hang on. I, I am missing context here. 
And the memory just ends as she's looking up to the sky, and I look up at the sky at myself, and I've noticed this fourth dragon I've never seen before. Zooming on the camera, it's the light dragon. And it... I don't like the storytelling of these open-world games very much, because it kind of locks how much of a story you can tell. But mm-hmm. moments like that, where you just have that shock factor of, wait, what the hell? As I'm looking up at the sky and I'm seeing what that memory just told me is Zelda as a dragon with no prior context to prepare me for that whatsoever. Find Zelda. Did it! Yeah, right right there. I see her. And that, that was before figuring out that the Zelda you're actually seeing around is actually just a puppet Ganon, so... Like, I, I got one of the most important chunks of the mystery without any of the build-up to it as well. And, like, I, I haven't been fooled by that much by a reveal in a game for a very long time. It's it's a good reveal. I will give it that. No matter when you get it, I feel like it is a good reveal. I looked up a compilation of Ganondorf cutscenes first, and I figured it out by looking at the light dragon that Link suddenly landed on, and I went... Is that fucking Zelda? <laughs> like you, That's you, a color scheme. Yeah, you, you noticed the dragon earlier, and like I didn't pay much attention to it. Like it's it's, it's just a light dragon. It's, it's 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 fine. Which just makes that flooring of just. I, there's so many ways you can realize that too. Like if you go to the Deku Tree first, try to get the Master Sword back, you'll get the. You'll find an objective like where the Master Sword is right now, but it's moving. So if you look mm-hmm. up at the dragon, you'll see that the Master Sword is just embedded in its forehead. Like, you might catch the memories in different ways. You might just go see Gandorf before seeing any of the memories and just have her transform back into Zelda after the battle. You found me. You got all my hints. Which is just... Like, poor Zelda. That, that incarnation of Zelda can catch absolutely no breaks. Like yeah, but she got to be a cool dragon, though. This is very true. Like, adding on to the set, just the set piece of Ganondorf being a demon dragon, having Zelda catch you afterwards, just, God, ah, it was so cool. It's It's a good boss fight in that all three members feel like equal participants in it. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I, I think is a hallmark of all the... What I feel is the most effective boss fights against Ganondorf. Like, I really love the horseback battle against Ganondorf and Twilight Princess. I really love the uh, not spirit tracks where you're, like, actively fighting, working with Zelda the entire time. Wind Waker's great for the same reason. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> but yeah... It, it, it was a great moment. Yeah. I I wasn't really feeling the story up to that moment, but that was one of the best emotional climaxes I've gotten from a Zelda game, where you beat Ganondorf, he explodes, Zelda gets turned back, and you're just, your final thing you do in gameplay is just you get the objective of, okay, you're back in the world, she's falling behind, beneath you, catch her. Yes. Yes, it's a good parallel. They did the Shovel Knight thing, but better. Wow, <laughs> oh, the Shovel Knight one was pretty good, too. Come on. The Shovel Knight thing is good. 
I'm saying this is better. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Just, oh, gosh, what else? What else do I say about it? It these two games have felt very much Zelda's story more so than Link's. Mm-hmm. I wasn't terribly satisfied with it in the first one. I'm very satisfied with it in this one. That, I that will was, agree with that. Just just the mental... Like, you get that reveal, and there's just waves of realizations of, like, oh, God, that was tens of thousands of years ago. She has been just up there that entire time. There's the level of grief you feel of the sacrifice of that, and at the time, not knowing you're going to fix her. Just be like, oh, right. gosh, she's just going to float up there forever, and she's just not herself anymore. Like, it, it hits really hard. It, especially it's when you go so- back to, like, your house, and you realize that, like, just Zelda and Link have had the same house, and she's got, like, this little well behind them just when she needs to get away from it for a bit. Like, it's, the relationship between the two is so much stronger now, and it's just, like, it, it, yes. it, it just hits you in waves and waves. This this is the first Zelda game where I will say that Zelda is the main character because she has yes. Yes. the much stronger foil to Ganondorf and Link is acting essentially as an extension of her will. He is her shield and her sword and he failed the shield part of it, but he is what she is putting her faith into. You are the Shinji Ikari to her Gendo Ikari, except like loving and shit and not horrible. <laughs> Fanars, if you want to draw uh, Tears of the Kingdom Zelda as Gendo Ikari, I will not <laughs> object. I think that would be really funny. Uh, I-, I guess to give some closing thoughts... It's not my favorite Zelda game. There are things I just don't like about this formula as much as the classic stuff. Like, when you want to get somewhere, like when you're really invested in a story moment and just want to get to the other side of the world, it takes forever to get there. And and again, I just don't... I'm not at a point in my life where I can just dick around in the game and just make random things and just go wherever the wind takes me. I don't have that kind of free time anymore. Right, But I do think this is a much, much better game than Breath of the Wild that fixes a lot of the core problems I had with that game. It kind of just invalidates the old game. Do you think that retroactively people are going to have to change all of their Game of the Decade awards? Because they're (laughs) like, well, we can't really say it's the best of the decade anymore. Because this is just better. It's just, just one of those games... Like, people are so hyped on it, and then you just get the next one. It's like, oh, what what, 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 what game? I only care about the sequel thing. That, that, there's, there's, yeah. there's no Breath of the Wild in Bossing, say. The best game was always The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, great game. Would highly recommend. Not really for me, but I still had a ton of fun with it. Like, I, I attached I attached the big Gorn sword to a mop, and I felt like I just won the world. When this game wins all of the Game of the Year awards, it's, it's going to be deserved. Because what it does is unique and incredible and 
not just an incredible technical achievement, but just one of fun, consistent innovation. And just because I have to mention it, uh, no, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was not this first. <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was this first done poorly. Uh, just the amount of people going like, oh yeah, you know what, you see this now? Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts wasn't so bad. No, I no? love Banjo. <laughs> I love Banjo to death. No. That game was fundamentally flawed because you could build things, but you only had to build like three things and that would do everything. And the challenges that you had to do were not varied. Indeed. Indeed. Zelda's challenge is building. Banjo's challenge is, can you make something that functions? Uh, It's a good game. It's crazy how good of a year this has been for gaming. And it's not even even over. We just saw like half a dozen different things to potentially even compete with this one yeah it's nuts it's an insane year like this year 2020 and 2017 have been incredible for games indeed indeed okay can we can we talk about street fighter 6 now finally? let's talk about the actual best yes. game of the year <laughs> Oh, oh man, the, the, we, we've been talk, gushing about it just every single reveal up to this point. It has delivered on every single front that I was hoping for, and I have never Absolutely. experienced this series before. I've never cared about this series before. Uh, take down the Zelda spoilers banner. Oh, right, right, right. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I would have forgotten. <clears throat> yep. All right, everyone, you're safe to come back in. It's okay. We're all good. We're talking about Street Fighter now. <laughs> Uh, this game is great. I can't believe that they made Final Fight Streetwise 2 and made it good. I... And then they attached it to the best fighting game? Oh, right, the cabinet. <laughs> just that moment of just finding that cabinet tucked in a corner and being like, oh, wow. How many games are inside this game? All of them? Okay. That gave me a feeling that I have not felt since Animal Crossing. What could... Ca- Important question, what kind of abomination did you make in World Tour mode? I made Hercule from Dragon Ball Z. I made... It was not intentional. I was just trying trying to play with the colors and sizes just to kind of figure out, okay, what's the most cursed thing I can make? I ended up going with a gnome. It's just a very tiny gnome with oversized hands and feet. His name is Goobles. Oh, man. He's going to be great when you get Dalsim style. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, I am so happy that they have made this character creator that is not quite as good as a WWE character creator, but it's like in the ballpark of that. And just the feeling of, OK, here is this character. You have immaculately made it to your specifications. Oh, God, seeing anyone other than Chun-Li do Chun-Li style is the most terrifying thing. <laughs> Uh, like absolute respect for the character modelers of this game because seeing any because Chun-Li looks perfectly natural when she's doing that style but having every character just have that like sassy side hip that their hand is kind of clipping into their body (laughs) and they kind of go it's the funniest thing to watch my dude's got like the like a giant like waist length beard 
and that beard just has a life of its own. No <laughs> physics will apply to that beard. It will just wrap around his head and like there's 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 moves where you feel like it should be an active hitbox, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And the feet are like I've got full on Kingdom's heart sized feet, and things like DJ's th- throw don't work. Yes. Like, outright, you'll, you'll step on their face, but then the foot will just vanish, and I'll just be hobbling around on one leg for half a second. It's the most cursed thing, and I just love it so much. The, the fact that they put so much effort into integrating them into the cutscenes, like, even, like, mm-hmm. having those, like, giant splash arts where it's the character doing all the, the, the cool character stuff, and then it's just your character standing there looking ridiculous. Oh, that moment where you get the highly stylized zoom in where you do the double attack against Bosch at the intro, like right after you do the character creator. And it's just your horrible freakazoid in the most elaborate neon color splash of getting punched in the face is beautiful. Frame that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need to make my desktop background just my my tiny four foot tall character staring off with. Marissa's Nemean lion looking monstrosity is the best thing ever. It is. Oh. I haven't gotten very far in World Tour stuff. Like, no spoilers or anything. I think I just met Jamie is where I left off. Oh, I'm not even that far because I just do every side content. The side content is so fun. You just run is, around just... The, the world and you're just like, oh, there's a person. I'm just going to kick him in the head real quick and beat them up real I fast. Let me go up this ladder, find a superhero, learn that he's level 28, and go, I could take him, and then I take him. <laughs> uh. Let me get a hard hat and to trick the people at the construction yard to believe I'm a construction worker, and that is all I need to become Ken's student, because he goes, whoa, you have a hard hat, and you want to <laughs> learn martial arts? Okay. Uh, I love I. There is a very long portion of my life where I didn't even know that Street Fighter had lore at all. Like I felt nothing when I saw him get into Smash Brothers because I was just so disconnected from the series. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to feel anything for Ryu. I just I I I still don't. I'll be honest. But like seeing all oh, these characters, you will, and just how just expressive and colorful and fun they are. There's like that little like persona confidant system with them where you just gain more approval for them and you like just have little conversations it's so wholesome and fun oh my god it's so good when you figure out what gifts they like because they have unique dialogue for their favorite gifts so i gave luke a copy of resident evil 8 I, yes same and he starts freaking out like Dude, no, I can't do horror games i can't do it okay but but you're recommending it okay like a two-hour stream, but that's all I'll get. Five stat points up. Uh, there's so much... It, it, it's such a nice change of pace with, like, all the fighting games from, like, the last two decades having so little, but then having this, just having so much unnecessary fluff and fun that you can just dick around with, it's so... It, it's it's a finally a proper single-player experience, and it's so much fun. I appreciate it so much more than the cinematic story modes that they've tried to get out, because, like, Mortal Kombat 9 was the best version of that, mm-hmm. because it was just a stupid, goofy story, 
and then future Mortal Kombat games had like one good scene with a given character, and then we're like, okay, I mean, I guess. And then Guilty Gear is like, would you like a four-hour anime? It's pretty good, but it's completely separate from the rest of the game. Uh. And then meanwhile, Street Fighter is here going all, do you want to learn how to dance with DJ? Do you want to teach Ryu how to use a phone? Do you want to watch as you text him an emoticon of himself? And he goes, how do I get me into the phone? <laughs> I saw that one screenshot of just Honda freaking out. I'm like, oh, yes, this is my favorite. It's just him. The, the, the chibi emoticons of all the characters are so much fun. Oh, my God. That one text conversation you can get with Jury where she goes, hey, say something funny. Say something funny. And you just go, uh, you're putting me on the spot. And she just goes, God, you suck. <laughs> just real time fumbling a bad bitch is incredible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Great. <laughs> and that's not even the arcade modes, which are just fun because it's like Zagif is like, oh, yes, I would love to fight someone. And Marista's like, damn. You fight super good. Did you read the fine print that says it's only serious if you're fighting and serious about marriage? <laughs> Everyone you want to go for it? And Zaki goes, oh, no, I left the Russian stove on. Here I go into the Russian skies. Everyone was arguing about Zangi for Manon. Clearly, the correct answer was just both. Yes. <laughs> I have been loving, like, so some of them are, like, kind of super serious, and then you've just got DJ beating up Kimberly, being like, oh, yeah, this has inspired me to create new music. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love these characters so much, and it's so fun to play! This has perfectly bridged the gap between I am just going to mash buttons and I need to know exactly what to do in every situation. Like, if you are someone who has never played a fighting game before or has felt that fighting games are just a barrier that you cannot get past, but are like, but I think they're cool, this is the one. For they sure. put so much effort into the modern controls and the way that those characters handle and balancing that as a proper control system that it will get you to the level where you will feel what you have to do in every scenario and then realize I could really use a couple more buttons to bridge the gap here. And then you can get, do those and you can nicely transfer to classic when it feels right for you on a per character basis. Mm hmm. For sure. For sure. Also, the tutorials are genuinely fantastic. Like I was already impressed realizing that they had a tutorial for every single thing. I did not realize that all of the tutorials are narrated from the character's perspectives. Yes. <laughs> so you've got like Zangief going, have you ever been in a situation where cowards are throwing projectiles at you? Well, this is why you, <laughs> you beat against that. Oh, my favorite thing is Blanca's going, In the jungle, we usually use medium punch and medium kick to hunt. <laughs> uh, 
Wonka-chan is a jungle sprite. The fact that his, his story is just trying to create a cryptid of himself when he himself is already the cryptid. It's yes. So fun. <laughs> oh my god. Every character is the best version of themselves, both in characterization and in gameplay. Like, they have every tool they have ever had, except Zangief doesn't have green hand anymore. But now he just runs at you with armor, and you're like, oh god, no. I, I think Zangief is my favorite so far. Like, I, <coughs> I really want to learn how to get good with G DJ, because I love him so much, but it is the moment where I perfect parried you with Zongief did the one full circle command grab, and I just heard you say with horror, "Oh no, you might be good at fighting games." Was one of the, some of the most validation I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> it worked well. I knew you were on classic, so that's a hard thing to just crank out. <laughs> it's hard to do a three sixty on reaction. You did it. It was. It was. It was. If so. It, <laughs> He's, it's so hard to use him, but then if he just grabs you three times, you're dead. It's so good. Yeah, I have fallen in love playing Manon. Your just... Manon is terrifying. <laughs> just like uh, that moment. Oh, of, it's oh, not gosh. even that good. But then when you get to the position of you get up, predict, are you going to jump or am I going to grab you? I'm going to grab you. I just... You flip that coin five, five times, and all of a sudden, oh no, Manon is Zangief, but worse. <laughs> Save me. No, when you get to the point of, okay, I lost the round, but my medal level is at four, so you're not winning the next two. <laughs> uh. And just, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I am looking forward to go into training mode to get these confirms working sometimes. Right. It, it, it's so fun that it gets you excited to learn more about it. Because, like, oh, I'm seeing these things. This is a lot of fun. What if I could, like, chain that together? Like, it gets you excited to practice, which is something that I feel like most fighting games just don't really... There, there's a disconnect there where it kind of just feels like homework. This yeah, is what just Street fun. Fighters, What Street Fighter Six does is... It gives every character a win condition where they will just steamroll you. And you will do nothing about it. But if you can avoid that, you have your own steamroll condition. And then if you both avoid it, then you're just playing the game like normal, like mm -hmm. how a regular fighting game goes. And that's also really fun. For sure, for sure. Uh, I think I've only really tried out like five characters or so, which just blows my mind that there's so many more on the roster. Oh, likewise. Like I see 18 characters and usually that'll be small, like especially coming from primarily Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. But I just look at this and I go, oh, crap. I don't want to play other people when I could play Manal, but they're all so fun. Yeah, I, I don't think there has been a character where I've picked them up and just feel like, okay, this isn't for me. There's always something that I'm like, oh, is that how you do that? Oh, this seems fun. This seems really fun. Like, figuring out Jamie's just like, okay, certain moves just cause him to drink automatically. Those are really fun to chain together. Mm -hmm. And then you just get to the final round and the disco music of his theme starts kicking in, which by, by God, the music in this game is so much fun. I am so glad we have hard committed to Street Fighter having a hip-hop rap soundtrack again. Like, oh my god, the world tour music when you're just waiting for a plane? 
is fantastic. Like you, you kind of stop for a second every time, being like, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to travel right yet. I just want to fix no, this in this good. UI for a second. Th- this is good. This is a two-second menu, and I want to live here for like two minutes." <laughs> oh my gosh! What? I love Marissa. Probably the character that I've been struggling the most with. It's not so much struggling. I just don't love her as much as I thought I would. She feels like a very polarized, like severe weaknesses. But when she gets to do what she wants to do, she will just crush you. Oh, I love the fact that you just hit the Gladius button and it completely invalidates Drive Rush. Just no, you do not get to play the game that way. What if I just put you into your exhausted mode instantly? What if you are in the corner and crying? Yeah, it's like, it feels good, but at the same time, I feel like I'm using too little of my brain, which is weird. Mm hmm, mm hmm. I know there's that one, like, the, the thing where she holds up both of her arms and, like, you can get yes. like, various moves out of that. Like, I feel like that's where the complexity comes in. Like, I can't... That, there's so many characters here where I feel like I'll love them as soon as I figure out that one certain thing. Like, with DJ, it's all his little feints and stuff. All yes. All things you can do off of the feints. Yes. Once I figure out how to actually use Feng Shui Engine with Jury, that's going to go places. At the moment, it's, oh, God, oh, oh, no, no, I can't do anything. Uh, hold R2 auto combo? Uh, I, I, I never expected I'd get invested in this genre. It just has never appealed to me before. I'm going to be playing this game for a long time, because experiencing all the characters now, I'm already, like, so excited, like, okay, but I can't wait to see how they do Rashid or Akuma Mm-hmm. Or I'm excited for characters. Ed. I never thought I would be excited for Ed. <laughs> but yeah, Capcom delivered. I I love that Capcom has just risen from the ashes so strongly. Like everything they're doing right now is just perfection. Capcom has one of the most impressive turnabouts I've ever seen. I would call them. One of the, if not the most consistent company in quality right now. Like, their only dip I can think of was RE3 Remake. Yeah, yeah, and even then, that wasn't awful. It just wasn't as good. Yeah, it was It was just a shame. Stuff. Yeah, but Monster Hunter's going well. Uh, Resident Evil's going well. This has been fantastic. I'm, I, I'm honestly, like, hyped for Exoprimal just off of just the residual quality that's happening everywhere else right dmc5 was incredible dragon's dogma 2 is coming out cap god cap god is back the capcom i also indeed i want to praise just once more their willingness to put arcade games in this title as yes. just limited time, because that feeling of going down an alleyway, beating up thugs, finding a cabinet of Final Fight, like, I would not have played Final Fight if it wasn't an in-game reward. If it were, like, on the Nintendo Switch Online service, I would not have played it. But it being an in-game reward 
as a distraction. Like, this is how we need classic games implemented. For sure. Like, for sure. This is the way that those games gain more fans as opposed to retaining the fans they already had or if you were already invested and wanted to play like Banjo for the first time or something. Yeah, yeah. But like, even if I don't end up liking a game, I'll at least give it a chance if it exists there and it sounds interesting or if it's just part of a cycle. This combines, wow. like, the best approaches of games like Animal Crossing 1 and services like Game Pass. Yeah, I hope the rest of the industry learns from this. Like, there's so many different ways you can include just various past titles. Like, like some try, like, Brawl had that whole, like, little demo kind of kiosk thing. Oh, God, really the masterpieces were crap. Right? Do you they, want to, they, they do you want to wait tastes. two minutes? For, to play 30 seconds of NES Donkey Kong? Yeah. I, given that's like my closest comparison, probably from the obvious Animal Crossing, and seeing Capcom commit so hard to it here, mm -hmm. it's insane. I can't think of anything that's done that to this level from anything recent, really. Yeah. This is just an open recommendation to anyone. If you are capable of getting Street Fighter 6, get it. It is not coming to Switch. Oh my oh, god, yeah. my base PS4 can barely run this shit. My computer can barely run this. And I've got like a well actually no, it's 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 old at this point. I have to accept that. But like I have to crank it down to the lowest settings possible and even then I can't have anything else running on the computer at the same time. But like, like, even then, it's so, so worth it, and definitely not capable of running on Nintendo platforms. Yes, so, like, get it now. If you're worried about, oh, they're going to release a, another version in, like, a year, of course they are. But, like, get in while everyone is still learning the game, mm -hmm. and that way you'll be able to run with the pack, as opposed to, okay, I made it here, oh god... Uh, the JP World Order has already been established. What do I do? Like, if you are interested, please get in. It is good. Cannot agree more. Alright. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Street Fighter? Uh, no. I just love it, and I'm still surprised that Manal is what I gravitated to her but like all of her is so good yeah, i can't wait to keep exploring more characters yes all right let us let's continue on to the future sites transition <laughs> future site Just trying to stay as quiet as possible because I can't swipe, turn our mics I, off. I can't <laughs> hear it, so I'm just guessing and basing it off of you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just holding a pose. Okay. All right. The news. Alrighty. Just gathered stories that interested me and mentions and stuff. So let's go. Um, first off, uh, Dokkan Kingdom Connect came out last month. Um, 
and I'm no longer excited about it because you can't choose what name you rename an opponent to when you humiliate them. I heard about that, and, like, I totally get it, but I wish it was a toggle that you could, like, vote on with friends or something, because that defeats the purpose! Yes! Like, the purpose is humiliation. Let me humiliate! I understand that you don't want people calling people slurs online. That's fine! Yeah, I agree with that, but, like, <laughs> if I can't really dig deep and personally insult my friends, what's the point of having the function? Yes. And it's just, uh, it makes it the inferior version of the game, and, like, it's a silly thing to focus on, but the fact of the matter is, it's a game where you're supposed to be shitting on your friends constantly, exactly. so that they can suffer. The ability... Taking away that psychological damage is the worst. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a worse mechanic. There's no other way to put it. I need to be able to guarantee a divorce by being mean. And they have taken that away. <laughs> uh. <sighs> All righty. In lighter news, Brendan O'Brien, the voice of Crash Bandicoot, passed away on March 23rd, and that was only announced this May. And by lighter news, I mean I'm very sad. Throw me a little roller coaster ride there. Yeah, rest in peace, beautiful legend. You will yeah, I just, oh my gosh. The, the Crash games were really my first exposure to voice acting in a game and just having that elevate the experience and like this guy was on the ground floor for it because he was the voice of all of the male characters except for Aku Aku in the first game because he was he was Crash he was Brio and he was Cortex for that game and then in the second game uh, Cortex was replaced with uh, Clancy Brown mm. But uh, he was still Brio in Crash and retained the role of Crash through the uh, PS1 era. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just, uh, whoa! It's just, it's such a little iconic thing and it just, it feels good to hear. Mm -hmm. And just, I miss, I miss celebrating those characters. I, I feel awful not having remembered him during his passing. And just that having to come out months later. Now, it was only announced in May, though, right? So yes, that, that's correct. Really possible to know. Which, yes, but I still feel bad. No, I, 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 I get you. I get you. Because, like, that, that's a good character. I, I like Crash Bandicoot quite a bit. He is, he is spinning through the voice of soldiers, rocket jumps in heaven. Yeah. <sighs> But you know what's not getting into heaven? Oh no, I, there, there's like three things you have listed that I... Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're all in a row. Uh, Ubisoft is to increase the number of developers on Assassin's Creed by 40% to around 2,800 Assassin's Creed developers. This okay. is in spite of overall Ubisoft employment numbers continuing to drop. So maximum number of employees go down, but Assassin's Creed employees go up. That's the wrong direction, Ubisoft. How so? 
what other games do they make? Well, I, well, we'll talk about it in a second, but there's one that I'm actually like really happy about that was announced at Summer Games Fest. Yeah. That's one. And not many people are excited about that compared to Assassin's Creed. With, they're wrong. They are wrong, but they're not excited about it compared to Assassin's Creed. Just like, is it doing that well that they can just put all their eggs in one basket? That just seems like a bad idea. You would never know. Assassin's Creed has been around since 2007, and it has at least 13 mainline entries. This is not counting spinoffs. Yeah, just average of one a year. If you count spinoffs, it is more than one a year. Uh, Okay. Would you ever know where the sales are going when it's just a constant? I guess it's their Call of Duty, but like... It's not their Call of Duty, my guy. It's their Madden. True, that's a better comparison. Just, Just take the same format, throw it at a different part of the world, repeat... Again and again and again. Yeah, but not the places that we want you to go. I mean, I'm happy. Well, there's been a very weird whiplash being like, okay, yeah, Arabia, the Prince of Persia. But wait, it's still, but like now I just want to play that one. Exactly. Uh, I I don't know. Someday Rayman will be freed from that vault, but it's not happening anytime soon. Nah. Assassin's Creed Rayman. That's the only way he gets out. Yeah. But you know what's never going to be freed from a ball vault? Uh, <laughs> why? No, I know why. That's not a question to be asked right now. It's because they're bleeding talent. And they just had to move everything over to the one game that they actually might be some sort of a success. Overwatch 2 has removed the reason that Overwatch 2 was made. At this point, I just feel so bad for the people that are stuck still working there. Imagine working through all of the shit show that's been going on right now, like pouring your heart and soul into this thing that people got invested in for so long, for years and years, and just nope! For full context, uh, Overwatch 2 was mainly sold for its PvE mode, and that was going to be the big focus and why it justified uh, being a sequel. Uh, We have gotten official confirmation that that PvE mode is not happening. Mm -hmm. It's it's just basic. From what it sounds like, it's just the same kind of like little PvE events they've had in the past, which is just so far away from what people bought the game for now i want to contextualize this with uh the additional caveat that this pve mode was supposed to be the springboard into bringing back project titan right like they were going to like they were doing it to try to make a whole mmo later yes So, in short, Project Titan has died, like, three separate deaths. Which I think is a record for a Blizzard game. I think we've beaten StarCraft Ghost, finally. Oh, right, yeah, that was also a thing that exists. I, I, I have no words anymore. Like, so far away from no words anymore. 
and yet you still make funny faces and that that gives me energy <laughs> uh i was so invested in those characters for so long they're still great characters but the people riding behind them have just i i, I just don't care anymore <laughs> did did yog send you the whole just their damage control for that the same way way they did for you uh no uh i know that they announced they, they, that they, like they announced their Vera five is, month like thing is lgbtq now uh, but... it, it, that was a little bit later but they like announced the okay. pride month lineup like immediately afterwards and i i need to send this photo to you because they're okay uh copy link sent to you they've they've got a they've got they, they got a trans flag lineup with the blizzard logo and it made me laugh oh. so hard because it just spells <laughs> out yes! in pink yes wire. yes <laughs> oh that yes i do recall that oh oh someone I, on their graphic I, design team I is having a great time that the developers know and are just 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 trying to fight back in whatever way they can it, it's the mm-hmm. only way i get some amount of just being like okay they're not just stuck in a konami hellhole I've just been like told to start projects and just having those projects scrapped because there's been so many of those lately with Blizzard. Like the last decade, oh, they've canceled more games than they've released. Well, yeah, that, but that's Blizzard. Yeah, but like it's, that, it's that's always been Blizzard. Yeah, but Blizzard's just so much worse now. So like everything compounds to an even greater extent now. Well, yes. And then the ones they release are broken messes. And kill the previous yeah. games that they were based on. Yeah. I I I I don't know anymore. But Overwatch is just a memory to me at this point. It makes me sad. Yeah. But you know what will never just be a memory. Ah, uh, is it happy news or is it still more bad? No, it's it's good news. Oh, it's I the good news. You. Okay, yay. Because don't worry, what will never go away is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage announced for Dead I, by Daylight I, on July 25th. I wish they hadn't announced that beforehand. Just ha- being able to see that like live at the presentation and to have him come out on stage and be the most excited I've ever seen a celebrity be for a yes. video game appearance, we will be fused with each other. Yes. As every it's... single noise I make will be now become part of you, <laughs> as this is now just... It's not like an actor of like any specific movie. It's just Nicolas Cage, but more. Yes. It's just hyper Nicolas Cage in the game. And it's like it's so not amazing. like there aren't Nick Cage appearances to take from. Yeah, they could have, but they just and, they and could the have Dracula he... Nick Cage. They could have I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire Nick Cage. But no, it's just Nicolas Cage. That 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 beats out Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk for me. J- just the well, fact that he seems so passionate about like actually being like, you know, what? I've never been in this medium before. This seems fun. Someone in my family is really into this, and now I'm kind of into this too. Like this is the only celebrity that I feel has had the same kind of impact here was Michael Jackson in Space Channel Five, where it's just the person. But mm-hmm. they're in this universe now. And I love that. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, whatever Snoop Dogg and Tekken or whatever does not compare to this. Is that actually? But I did remind you the Snoop Dogg was in Tekken. (laughs) Yeah. I would love oh, that man. to be a domino effect. Just stupid things like that. Like, th- th- there's a lot of wrong ways to do celebrity cameos. This is the best possible way to do it. This is perfection. Do you know how many games would be improved if you simply added Danny DeVito to them? I, like, 95% of them. I, I think it has been scientifically proven. The vast majority. Exactly. Can you imagine a Katamari game, but instead of a Katamari, you roll Danny DeVito? Think about it. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. I, I needed that story after all that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just for the sake of uh, timing, I think that you have some stories to look at so i think oh, let's just yes. um, hit those ones and then we'll go back since remind myself of those a stories. lot of what i have is longer and then gets into the actual um conferences most of these were also in the conferences but uh okay. apparently amazon is making a lord of the rings mmo uh which is not the lord of the rings mmo that already exists nor is it the one they were already making because that game was canceled but this one this one is going to be the one that actually works. I don't believe them. I don't either. Name me one Amazon game that came out for more than two months. I, I Man, I couldn't even name one Amazon game. They, they've had so little impact. What, what was it? It had World in the title. Yeah, like New World or something. I, I don't something recall. Something like that. But like, uh, I, I would like to get to a point... Where this brand is associated with quality again, please. It is literally my favorite in existence. Should we just bitch about Gollum? And, well, not bitch about, just make fun of. Gollum makes me so happy because it's so bad in the the very specific way that is late-gen PS2, early-gen 360. For sure. For sure. Like, this is a Sonic 2006 contemporary. Absolutely. In how absolutely. bad it is. It, it is hideous. I don't think there's anything that game does good. And, like, it, it breaks my heart that that's attached to the Lord of the Rings genre. Genre? Medium. Media. Blah. But, like, on the, on the Jello Apocalypse scale, that's definitely up in the high echelons of the next yeah, like, numbers. People say this is a sad bad game. I don't think so. This is a very funny bad game because you have to work hard to actually get through it. <laughs> and I appreciate that effort. For sure, for sure. Yeah. A- after the shitty Rings of Power tie in MMO, maybe we'll get something good later on on the line. Can I just get an RTS again? Please. No. I, but, okay. <sighs> and then all the rest of this was in Summer Games Fest. Or the okay, all right, all right. So then let me scroll back up to my bits. Um, okay, uh, big game announced, and that was Mortal Kombat 1. That was announced like three months ago, don't lie. <laughs> I don't want well, yes. to call but it was like really announced this month and then they actually revealed stuff about it later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I don't like this game. Why is that? Because my, my whole fighting game barometer is that I look at how excited Maximilian Dude is, and I just kind of copy that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what, what's turning you off of this one? Um, well, first of all, I think of all the prestige fighting game franchises, Mortal Kombat is a weird carny yelling at you, uh, telling you that it's good, and then you go in, and it gives you, like, cotton candy, and then you just see a drunk man throwing up on the floor, but he's big and he's weird, and it's like, yeah, it's the famous vomit man. Look at him vomit. You want some more kind candy and funnel cake, kid? That That is the experience of Mortal Kombat for me. It is a bunch of weird carny bullshit masquerading as a fighting game. And there has never been a single Mortal Kombat game that has felt good to control. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make a solid MK competitive scene. Sonic Fox has more than proven that there is actual skill to be had in MK. But you know when you are like in a platformer and you jump and it feels bad and you know it's not going to be a good game for you? I don't play enough platformers to relate, but... Mortal Kombat is that for fighting games. It is impressively stiff now the exception to this was mortal kombat 9 which was just let's throw all the junk that we can at the fan and see what works let's retell the original games so that we can see what sticks and what won't and how we're going to evolve this franchise and they made a goofy goofy fighting game and it wasn't very balanced but it was kind of fun just because they threw everything it's the it's the Smash Brothers approach, except they yeah. didn't balance it. So the Smash Brothers approach. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just throw enough at the fan and eventually some shit is going to stick to the wall. And it's goofy. And it's fun. And I say this saying I like the Mortal Kombat universe. Like, I oh, think same, it same. is a goofy clown shoes universe with a bunch of Fun, stupid characters that are great. I hate playing as every single one of them. Damn, not even one? I can't name a single game where a character consistently feels good. Like, and people just latch on to the idea of fatalities and showcasing that. And of course, what they do with this Mortal Kombat is showcase how far they're going with the group gruesomeness and the fatalities of it and we're hitting the point where people are like oh that's just kind of far isn't it i f- I, I, I feel like we've been at that point for a while now yeah i know but we're at the point of like at first it's the shock value but at this point sheen is bringing ultra lord into show and tell for the eighth week in a row <laughs> This is the seventh time you've brought Ultralord to class today. This is the seventh sword you've shot down this person throwing and spun rapidly. This is the seventh time we've seen Kung Lao kill a man with his hat. <laughs> it's just... And the fact that they are rebooting this again... Because they screwed up with their last reboot, so they wanted to reboot the reboot. Mm-hmm. And it 
they're not making any major changes with the idea that you could go anywhere with this. But you're choosing to just do the thing again. Oh, you mean story-wise? Both story-wise and gameplay-wise. I mean, gameplay-wise, they've got the whole assist system now. Yeah, I, I know that they're making it Marvel. I get that. But, like, you didn't need to reboot the universe to make assists. I know like, that it's the Shang Tsung design from Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. I, I am curious to see if there is a narrative of, like, him trying to bring back the old world versus Liu Kang of the... Like, I, I'm not... I'm not saying you're wrong, but I am curious if there's further information that will uh, say one way or the other. Like, if there are gameplay elements we're not seeing yet, how exactly do the assists work if they're done in unique ways? I do feel like well, it's see, a little early that... to make, make harsh judgments, but I do see where you're coming from. I would agree with you if Shang Tsung, the main villain of your game, was not a pre-order bonus. Right, that's a thing. <laughs> right. If the big selling point for your game was not that Johnny Cage will now be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. That was that, wasn't that also Shao Kahn for 11-2, though? Yes, but Shao Kahn was not the main villain. True, that was Kronika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shao Kahn was just made into a jobber, and they, oh, they, they screwed Shao Kahn so badly in that game. From what I've heard, yes. But... Uh... It will always frustrate me that Mortal Kombat is a series about marketing before it is about gameplay. And I can say that about none of the other major fighting game franchises other than Dead or Alive. I can see that, yeah. And yet, it will still get attention heaped upon it because it is the lowest common denominator of appealing to people through fighting game franchises. All right. All right. And I say this with a ton of love for the Mortal Kombat movie. I say it for a, with a lot of love for certain Mortal Kombat characters. I love Johnny Cage. I love Shang Tsung. I think Kotal Khan was great and a great idea. They did nothing with him story-wise, but like as a design, lovely. Mm-hmm. But I look at your trailer and I see Kenshi's leg twist in an abnormal way when he's doing a basic low kick. And I go, oh, God. Oh, you fix nothing. It's it's a game that masquerades as a fighting game to show off little things. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And that frustrates me because it is so close to being excellent, and it continues to be carny bullshit. I know we're tangenting off hard now, but I'm just curious. Do you feel that way about any of the NetherRealm's other properties, like Injustice or anything like that? Or Oh yeah, no, Injustice is kind of crap, but okay. that's because like they can't, they can't design characters in Injustice that don't get beaten by basic zoning. Mm. Okay. Um, the actual storylines that they do for Injustice, are they're, they're all right. Like, they're adequate comic book fare. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that they have to have a Robin get revenge on Batman for some reason, I groan. 
because this everyone tries to do time that. time you've brought Robin getting <laughs> Right, but no, this time it's Damien. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but like, we are at the point where there are story important Mortal Kombat characters who have gotten less attention from the Mortal Kombat team than the Joker from Batman. Ouch. Harsh, who but has true. A, yeah. Who has appeared in multiple Mortal Kombat games and the Injustice games. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm not thrilled about Mortal Kombat 1. And coming off of, like, all my excitement for Street Fighter and all of my I hope it's good for Tekken 8 is like, ugh. I might try a demo just because I want to understand for myself just now I'm actually getting into the genre properly. See if something clicks for me or if something doesn't. But Don't get me that, wrong. I, I will watch the story. Oh, yeah, and... The, the rumored cameo characters, I need to see their interactions so badly, especially with each other. Yes, but but see, that's the thing. No, yeah, I, I like, totally agree. Like, that's that's the, that's the whole draw there. I don't care about, like, the actual gameplay or anything. I just want to see Omni-Man and Homelander, like, talk shit, and then Omni-Man just smash him. Yeah. Ah, well. Shall we talk about better games? I mean, I guess... Because uh, next on the docket is the Sony PlayStation Showcase. Which, for some reason, Sony didn't show up for. Kind of interesting. Yeah. We'll see if the, the strategy pans out. Yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of third-party games. Just see how it goes. Um, Just listing... I don't list everything, just the games that caught my eye. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I pronounce it Neva or Neva? I uh, it's yeah, it, it's that game with the Gris art style made by the Gris team. It looks like another Gris game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that that uh, continues to exist. Yeah, it's a great little art style. Enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have Foam Stars, which proves the Splatoon is now big enough to be copied. Yep. I'm sure Just, Square Enix will release this online-only game, and it will last for so long. Just a very I'm sure that this time, Square Enix has got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No shot that this one goes down to. Because this time, you can foam it up and get frothy. And you can do it to make extra platforms. Which I will is... say the platforming element does kind of like intrigue me a little bit. Not enough to play the game, but just to look at it and be like, oh, that's a neat idea. Okay. That's a neat idea. I I think it invalidates um, map design almost entirely. Oh, yeah, that totally would. <laughs> yeah, because either it's a matter of, you know, the map is pointless or the map is everything and you're function is pointless or you're Fortnite and you're gentrifying the map actively at all times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, the plucky squire is still coming out and that game continues that to be charming. So cute. No, yeah. I have nothing else to say about it apart from that. It's, it's, it just serotonin every time I see anything about it. Yeah. Every time I see it, I feel good. It's good mm. like that. Um, 
And then Metal Gear showed up. I was so proud of myself. I saw the parrot and realized what it was. I just needed the parrot. Yep. No, you got it. Oh, man. Yeah, that this is Metal Gear Solid Delta, a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, announced in tandem was the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which, which is will fantastic. Final part one will include one, two and three. And these will be the uh, updated versions of them. So you will also get Metal Gear one and Metal Gear two with that collection. Oh, OK. Uh, the second collection is still being speculated on, but people believe that it will be uh, Portable Ops, Peace Walker, and Revengeance. Oh, please. I would love a more convenient way to experience this franchise. Yes. Uh, anyone looking forward to playing Metal Gear Solid 4 again? Probably not. Well, just make just make some popcorn. It's some people go for a marathon of the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. Other people play Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh man, I hate it because some of Metal Gear Solid Four's gameplay is actually real good. You I barely mean, get it, yeah, just, but it's really good as as a treat. All ten minutes of it. You get like fifteen. Oh, I, I must. I forgot the extra five. You're right. You're right. There's that one mm -hmm. part. Actually, I think I think Metal Gear Solid Four. If you speed run it and skip cutscenes it's like four hours there's there's like a substantial amount of game there it's just also there are nine hours mm. of cutscene there's yeah. required viewing um yeah uh i love metal gear so everyone should be excited for the hd collection re-releasing mm -hmm. um as for the remake delta Ooh, that's gonna be Okay, uh, Bets, uh, do you think that the words Hideo Kojima will appear in the game at all? No. I don't think so. Okay, all right. I, I think that bridge has been burned so thoroughly. Yeah, but you don't think everyone will be the angriest they have ever been? Uh, I mean, can it get worse? They can find a way like you have to understand that Jeff Keighley is there to be mad for Kojima. True, true. I they, he didn't even like report on it. Right. I think I saw yes. that. Mm hmm. That will be some some popcorn drama to enjoy. You have to understand that years. the Game Awards will never acknowledge Metal Gear Delta. I hope like a like maybe maybe Splinter Cell game comes out at the same time and they bring that even if it sucks specifically to not bring Metal Gear. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's so hard with Konami because we're seeing them bring back all these projects with Metal Gear Solid Three and Silent Hill Two mm -hmm. and all of the Silent Hill projects that they have going on. We have no idea how good of developers Konami is anymore. Mm hmm. Because they haven't made games in six years. Yeah, no real word if the like work environment is any better. Like they were basically slaves when we heard about that story, but that was like two thousand seven. No, not seven. It was later than that. But like, it, it was a really awful company, and then they just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Is it the same? Is it different? I do not know. Nobody does.
Uh, we do have an announcement that they are going to be reusing the vocal tracks from the original Metal Gear Solid 3 as opposed to re-recording the lines. Interesting. This is probably a good decision because I don't think that David Hayter's voice would last through another game. Probably not. But that, that, that does also uh, change the scope of the remake at the same time. Yes, because you're limited to what you have. Mm. We, it is impossible for this game to be an FF7R. Yeah, unless they like try to add more, like a side thing, introduce Snake 2 so they can continue the series without being, I don't know. It, it would be difficult because some of the Japanese voice actors are dead. Mm. And then just, yeah, it's been 20 years since those lines were probably recorded. Probably not the best quality at this point. We're at, see, that's on the line of when people actually started recording things well. Mm-hmm. Like, the jump between Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3 is when we actually got good line recordings. So it's possible that MGS3 probably preserved some things. MGS2 Mm -hmm. probably not. Like, this is the line for where our quality is going to be. Okay, okay. But I think, like, Hater got his residual check for this, at least. So, and everyone else. And, like, the actual recordings of mgs3 are great those are incredible voice actor reads for a lot of those Mm -hmm. so it is impossible to say just how good or bad delta will be Mm -hmm. um hd collection get it everyone here get it like finally you can play those games and not be like the version off of gog for MGS1. does not work very well. I've tried. <laughs> yes. Whew. All right, then. All right. So with that said, Alan Wake 2 will be releasing October 17th. Uh, it's... I'm in this weird state where I loved Control so much, but nothing about this is doing anything for me. I love the writing of Remedy. I love the world building. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, I hate to dumb it down to this point, but a little bit of a lesser Resident Evil, which isn't really speaking to me. Well, see, that's the, the difficulty. Alan Wake has always been, more than anything else, the biggest homage to Stephen King that they could possibly make. So it's more narrative and world building than the actual game side of the game. It's hard to say because the original Alan Wake is one of those games that was severely pared down from its original uh, ambitions Uh, because Alan Wake was more closely supposed to be what Deadly Premonition ended up being. Um, Small open world town with a Twin Peaks vibe, a bunch of narrative references everywhere. Um sort of uncovering the mystery, and it became a very linear experience. Okay. So, all right. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that Remedy's, like, making more stuff, and I hope that they're able to, like, with a success of Control, be able to make this game to the greatest of their vision. I just haven't... It doesn't have any hooks in me yet. Yeah, I'm excited because I just like Alan Wake... And the Alan Wake universe, like, American Nightmare was such a fun spin on it. Mm-hmm. 
because that was literally Alan Wake has a different personality called Mr. Scratch, who is making him go through a grindhouse scenario. Well, he mocks him on TV saying, I'm having so much more fun with your wife than you ever could. Jesus. Okay. It's good. It's a good performance. And it's like in those live action sections that Control had. But just an actor pretending to be Alan Wake, mocking video game character Alan Wake. It's good. Alan Wake's Wake's a fun series. Nice. Um... Dragon's Dogma 2 is coming out. Ah, uh, if if there weren't so many Monster Hunter games that I like so much more. It, it looks like they're finishing Dragon's Dogma 1 finally. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm happy for fans of the series. I, I feel like I would enjoy it if I had the time to play it, but... Yeah, this is one of the ones that have always missed me, but, like, I will always praise the efforts of this team mm. in specific. Because it, it's the DMC team, so. Yeah. Um, Team that I will not praise the efforts of is Bungie. Because uh, they showed off Marathon. Oh, right. That was a thing. Yeah. And uh, way to completely miss the point there. I I'm not. I know that it was the first thing they made. But I I can't remember anything about Marathon. It it it's like a Doom. Oh okay okay okay. Yeah, and it is praised for being like a Doom. So take the like a Doom and make it an extraction shooter, like a Tarkov. Yay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Imagine if. So imagine if instead of Doom 2016, we got a Doom Battle Royale. That is about the equivalency. Okay, I I had to focus on the instead of 2016, because a Doom Battle Royale actually does sound kind of... (laughs) Yes! But if it was the only thing, I would be furious. You're right, you're right. But replace everything, all the single-player content of that... No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. What is popular right now? It's brand recognition only. It's brand recognition for who? Ah. The only people who know who Marathon is are the people who would be upset about this. Fair point. I don't know. They They had to make something aside from destiny so i got nothing i got nothing it's it's just a bad call yeah like imagine if i announced a megas xlr game and then i announced it would be a freemium looter shooter i have no frame of reference for what a megas is i'm terribly sorry exactly that's something only for me and i would be very (laughs) upset it's a giant robot who does wrestling Yeah, fair point, fair point. This is the level of penetration that we're at here. Understood. You look at it and you go, what? I look at it and I go, oh god, no! No, Coop would never. Um, 
Spider-Man 2 and the symbiote too. Oh my god, I cannot believe how many good games are coming out this year. I my god, I know. That gameplay trailer that was, was exceptional. Insane. Just the amount of shit he was doing with the symbiote moves and the how much effort Yuri was putting in for the voice acting at the same time. Yes. That's a symbioted Spider-Man right there. Oh man. No, Yuri Lowenthal is killing it as Peter. I love the Craven fake out where you see the guy and like, oh yeah, there's Craven right there. And then he gets murdered by real Craven and you realize like, oh no, yep. that's Craven. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I I don't even have much to say on it. It's just like the Spider-Man games are everything I wish the Arkham games were. It, it, it's kind of just perfection and then some. You did not need to do the symbiote suits, but you did it in the best way you possibly could have. Yeah, and it's, I'm so it's the proper way to do Spider-Man 3. And and at the same time, you had all of Miles' gadgets like really extending like what you could do with it. Like the the fact that you can just create a little web bridge anywhere during stealth segments, that's crazy. Yes, this might. So many of the games that were released this year could be the game of the years in other years, and they're all coming out this year. They're really good. I'm really enthused. This is going to be a good year. And also Mortal Kombat 1. But a really good year. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I... The, the, the first PS4 Spider-Man was actually like a really gripping, touching story. Both the original and Miles' story. I yes. am so invested in how that story is going to go on with... Like, you could, you could tell that this was Miles' first experience seeing the symbiote and realizing that Peter's kind of angry now. I can't wait to see how that develops. I cannot wait for the inevitable boss fight where you start as Peter and swap to Miles halfway through. Yes. <laughs> if you can, like, choose and that determines how the game ends... Oh, I don't think it's going to be an ending. I think this is, like, end of Act 2. Yeah, oh yeah, probably, because, like, they're going to have Venom be so... It, which, like, that's definitely Harry, based off of the end of Spider-Man. Oh, well, I, I guess it could be Craven as well. They, they could red herring that. But, like, yeah. regardless, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I don't have anything more oh, to yeah, say. I'm no, looking no, forward it, to it's, it. It's, it's good! Hey, Game of the year number seven of 2023. Right? Bizarre. It's an exhausting year for quality. <laughs> All right. But speaking of quality, Sony decided to end off with the most exciting announcement that they are, that they smell the blood in the water and they are coming directly for the Wii U. With the, sure. with the, with the screen on the controller. It's like, it's so obviously like we're coming for the switch and then you take a step back and realize, no, no, this that's, isn't what the switch is. They're coming for the Wii U because you still need the console to like transmit. <laughs> it's the Wii U proprietary technology. The issue is the DualShock 5 is like the least durable controller. And so now you're adding an extra... You're adding, like, an extra $70 to replace it now. 
Uh, I would love to know in a few years what the sales numbers were on that. How many tens right. of people are going to buy that? There are literally dozens of me. Ah. <laughs> uh. How many people over or under uh the amount of people who will defend this versus the amount of stadiums? Ah. <laughs> that's that's hard. That's really hard. How Just lock two high school classrooms worth of people in the same room with each other and see who survives. At the... Probably stadiums because, like, Google fanboy weirdos, like, he, there, there's there's that weird subsection of people that will just buy Google glasses and stuff just because of the brand. Be like, oh, this is the biggest company in the world. Yeah, but, like, Apple is proving that... No, nah, there's a limit, and that limit is $3,500. <laughs> Would you like one VR headset or a headset and like 20 games plus a down payment on a car? Yes. I think that's everything in the showcase. None of the stuff I brought is in that. Yeah, I think so. So I have a couple stories before we hit Summer Games Fest. Okay. Um, you want to feel awful about everything? I mean, I already do all the time, but hit me with it. Well, the Taiwanese company Rayarch fired its entire art department because it doesn't need them anymore. It has AI artists now. <sighs> For one... Like, you're, like, five years late to that. You can't... It's not quite at the point that you're going to be able to get away with that and for it to look good. At the same time, that sucks so much. Yeah. Um, that shows what companies think of artists. And, like, it's so difficult because art in games is a skill that is not particularly transitive. Mm-hmm. Like concept art to to an extent, sure, of course, uh, basic artistic skills, definitely. But if you're looking for like modeling and background elements, so that sort of thing, there's not much that you can do. And it's a very, very emergent field. Like, like, it's not like if you were a blacksmith and that job became outdated, there's still stuff that you can do with crafting and metalwork and all yeah, that yeah. that you can work for. The idea of like 3D conceptual art, that doesn't have that. It's really just movies, and even then, there's a lot. They're, they're, it's very different fields. Like, you can't, having studied in it, you kind of pick one or the other because they're so spliced with what different skills you need for each one. Well, yeah, but even if you do movies, who's to say they won't be replaced by AR art? It, it, it's one of those things that it's, I'm, the, the rise of AI is so hard to talk about because. I want to speak against it altogether, but that's not feasible to do because technology is going to keep technology and you just can't stop it. So I don't know what the right thing to prevent things things from happening is. Like, do you start like a campaign to like really heavily value like human art made by humans or just something like that? <laughs> or do you like start unionizing and like get laws in place that prevent this from happening? I don't... 
Because it's not going to go away. Like, this is only going to get worse. Like, 30 years from now, we're going to be talking about, oh, yeah, AI is just making video games for us now. Like, you input what you want, what genre you want, and it's just going to make it. And I don't know how that can be stopped. Um, by stopping it. Legally, probably. I probably, but how? <laughs> Uh, by saying, by saying to stop it, by saying, uh, you know what, guys, uh, there's a lot of potential in nuclear fission and, uh, the nuclear bomb. Let's not continue on that. It, it will be interesting to see how it go- I wish we had countries that weren't led by old people that could understand why these things are problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, once it threatens something that they like, probably then. Hmm, okay, so we gotta... We AI have to talk make show more... hosts. We need more AI golf simulators. <laughs> oh, we live in a dystopia. It's very fun. It is. Ah. You want You want to be happy, though? You want to feel happy news? Am I supposed to feel happy about this next one? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny. Okay, just go for it. Yeah, Yuji Naka has been sentenced to over two years in prison with $1.2 million USD in fines. Welp. Fairly well. We are never going to hear from you again. Yep. Goodbye, Mr. Yuji Naka. Thank you for gutting Sega USA so that Sonic Adventure could be better and ruining the lives of multiple companies. But Balan Wonderworld, though, where would we be without? Bro, we can't even talk about Balan Wonderworld without discussing the um, emotional impact that Ivy the Kiwi had on a generation. Uh, I don't really have anything to add to that. That's just that's the the cap. The story has been capstoned. Yeah, no, it's just like we we've seen this arc from its beginnings to its end, and I feel happy now. I I feel satisfied. I know where someone has landed, and it's jail. Indeed, indeed. Uh, actual happy news: Lisa Definitive Edition releasing July eighteenth. Nice. Lisa is a fantastic RPG. They're adding a less painful mode so that you can play it without suffering horribly. I recommend suffering horribly, though. Less but painful like, as in, like, gameplay or, like, emotional trauma? Uh, gameplay. Okay. But, like, the gameplay is explicitly mean to you, and I feel like that adds a lot because, like, characters can just permadie to certain attacks. Mm-hmm. And also, you can just walk off of a cliff and get a game over, and it is very easy to do. And sometimes you'll just do it and go, oh, god damn it. <laughs> and, like, that that's part of the game. Yeah, all right. All right, okay. <laughs> and we're at Summer Games Fest, finally. Excellent. All right, so to go over the things I liked from it, uh, the Prince of Persia 2D side-scroller looks really cool. I'm so happy with that. I know people aren't hyped for it, but, like, my connection with Prince of Persia is that OG 2D side-scroller 
So, so seeing that they just turned it basically into an Ori game has me really excited. The amount of people who are upset that it wasn't 3D like the classic games. I... Yeah. Listen here, whippersnappers. Back in my day... Listening to the people in their college years learning that their favorite games were actually a reboot makes me so happy. I'm so happy it looks good. Human beings are the worst. Uh, shitty trailer music, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, I like the art style. I like the vibes. Fantastic Prince design. Yes. And it looks fun. No, it, the way that it flows is super cool to see in action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put that I can insult Mortal Kombat 1 again. I sure can. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, can she twist his leg? It no look good. Uh, I, I I think it would be very funny if Jeff got demonetized on his own stream because he showed Mortal Kombat gameplay. Nah, I, I would have left. I'm back and forth. I respect Jeff, but if a bad thing happens to him and it's not like debilitating, I will laugh. Uh, Sonic Superstars, though. Sure. Dude, don't I, even sure that this looks great. I, I, I'm not much of a Sonic fan, but I was impressed by... I'm not either. I heard that they're not bringing back any old zones. Yes. Which is shocking. Yes. And and doing... I, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my head around how Sonic multiplayer works. Like, New Super Mario Bros. Wii levels of, okay, we've got four players on the screen, but at Sonic speeds, how are we... How is this happening? Like, this can't be, uh, this can't be Well, you have to right? play a game called Knuckles Chaotix, and that would give you an idea. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but no, it, it looks interesting. Amy seems to have a double jump, okay. which is just all right. I, I like the interplay between just Tails and Knuckles going through levels. Uh, the fact that Fang the Sniper is a major character in this just makes me happy. It... It feels like they are doing something with Classic Sonic more than remember Classic Sonic. True. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. They're actually taking it in a direction for once. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I don't mean that to disparage Mania, but Mania was very much a celebration game. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah, 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 yeah. This feels like, okay, but what if we actually advance the Sonic brand a little? That's super cool. Yeah. I'm super happy with that. <clears throat> this has been by far the one that I've seen the most, like, over-the-shoulder recorded gameplay of. And it always looks good. It looks like it flows well. It doesn't look like a Sonic 4, which good. Excellent. Okay. <coughs> yeah. Uh, like a Dragon Gaiden is releasing on November 9th. I, it just, it looks fun. I'm I, I so happy that, that like, Kiryu that store kiosk and just start swinging it through the group of people. I'm so happy Kiryu just has superpowers now, like he always did, <laughs> but now he just has Spider-Man's. Uh, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Uh, I have, sure. I have no emotional uh reaction to it, but I respect John Carpenter a lot. 
we we shall see. Maybe this maybe this property gets treated better than several other attempts. Yes. Uh, Liza P is coming out September nineteenth. That still looks rad. Looks cool. There's a demo available right now. I think just great vibes from that game. Yeah, I probably won't play it, but I look forward to seeing other people play it. Likewise, likewise, this will be a good watch Max and chill game. <laughs> exactly. And then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out in 2024 on two discs. I'm pretty sure the first part also had two discs, though. <laughs> there was but like this is on disc. two discs. It's exceeding the limitations of the Blu-ray. Uh, it does look neat. Oh, dude, it looks really cool. I love the idea of introducing dual text to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah! Bring that like, over just make it more Chrono Trigger. Kind of Good. Yeah. Like, I have nothing more to say other than, damn, I'm real excited for this. Uh, a little more than I am Final Fantasy sixteen, to be honest with you. I feel that, yeah. I, I'm more intrigued by this one. Yeah. Want to see where this story goes? Because it, it's not a matter of just I want to see all the old things again. It's a matter of I want to see all the old things again. But also, they could do anything with it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Because it's not a matter of Sephiroth lingering over you. It's like I can't believe Sephiroth's back. We just had like a thirty-minute boss fight with him. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it. As opposed to him just being a spooky phantom the entire game, and sometimes his mommy shoves her spawn in your face, and you have to kill it. Yeah, it seems like a much more... What's the word I'm looking for? Much more in-depth exploration of the character, which I'm a lot more excited for. He's yeah. cool, but he's just kind of an idea in the original game. I want to see that explored further. Oh, <laughs> there, I adore him as a presence. One mobile game ad where it's like we still don't know sephiroth <laughs> and like right let's 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 figure some stuff out admittedly i do think ff7 does go into him for quite a bit because it, it's just he's inherently a broken character hmm. i don't entirely agree with that assessment i think a lot is given to sephiroth in the original text of ff7 i will choose to believe you i have not played that game in years and never finished it in the first place now, even even just in the Nibelheim flashback, I think so much is given to Sephiroth there. I will believe you. <laughs> I, I, I seriously just can't remember. That, that's right. That's right after Midgar. You can remember that. I I was in like eleventh grade. That was like twelve years. That was twelve. Good. Oh my god. Yeah. And when I was in eleventh grade, I re read all of Umineko, and I remember that. That's like your favorite. <laughs> One of your favorite things, though. No, it's only like in my top fifty or something. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it, it only redefined my expectations of fiction. Alrighty, say say the things that uh, were in Summer Games Fest oh, for all you. All right, all right. Uh, just small thing. Pro ZD was in the Summer Games Fest, and I thought I just thought that was neat. Like, look how far no, that guy's it, gone. God, right? That's cool. Shout he's out to so cool. He's so funny. He's great. He used to be on the Mario fan site that I was also on the form of. And look at him now. I know. 
congratulations to you, my good friend, fellow Lemmy Lands member, ProZD. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, they showed off Return to Moria, which is a Deep Rock Galactic-esque game, but set in Lord of the Rings. Which, like, Gollum sucks, I'd like for this one to less suck, and it doesn't look like it does. But just, like, can we start tipping the bell curve up in quality? I would very much appreciate that. Probably not. That, I know. <sighs> the Lisfonga game looked neat. That was the Hades thing where the girl was duplicating herself and, like, rewinding to basically fight alongside duplicates of herself. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just looked fun. I love, I love the concept mm-hmm. there. That's a good high concept game. And then Pal World showed up, which I was completely indifferent towards until the giant Electrovire looking thing pulled out a Gatling gun and then I was very invested. Oh man, every time the Pal World shows up, people forget that it's just Pokemon with guns. Uh, just just the line of Wooloo-esque sheep with machine guns just yes. stanced up ready to fire. Oh, the amount of times I've seen them just like working themselves to death in a factory is beautiful. Uh, I, I, I'm legitimately interested in that game. It, it, it's just Pokemon with guns, but I really love This that is game. what gaming needs. <laughs> oh man, uh, Cassette Beast came out on Switch. I need to get that. Uh, that, was, that was it. There was a lot of other games that I just don't remember right now, and if I don't remember them, they did not have that much of an impact. Yep. There is one more game that I do need to bring up, though, Ooh. because... It was leaked immediately after the conference, and I am sure that it will be showing up tomorrow. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And, uh, you know, spoilers for a trailer tomorrow that I guarantee you will be in the Xbox conference. Um, We have uh, Persona 5 Tactics or Tactico or something. Uh, Everyone has agreed to forget about it immediately because persona three remake uh reloaded i believe was leaked by the atlas pr team i think i just saw a job listing for the atlas you did indeed that person was immediately fired and that position is now open so yeah it, it exists it does in fact exist it is a real thing um no FMC, so I'm not excited. That, that you gotta wait for Reloaded Royal. I sure do. Is, is it bad that I think the game looks bad? I haven't even watched the trailer yet, so I can't comment one way or the other. Oh, that's okay. You, you can dump my face to look at the trailer. That's fine. You know what? I will do that. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it, because nope. this is one that I'm intrigued on your take on. Uh, because Persona 3 Remake, we're doing it live! Let, let's go for it, let's go for it. Uh, boop, goodbye, Pierce Face. Okay. Boop. You're off the music, because that's how you get... Yep, that that's how you get the dinged. Mm-hmm. You, they can still hear you, by the way, so don't worry. Okay, alright, that's great. Uh, those that's are right. some ugly-ass trees. That woman has mm-hmm. very horrible fingernails. Oh, that's 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 the one girl, I know you. You're yeah. in the one thingamabobber. That's the robot. That is definitely Persona 5 style, but blue. But also less fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm happy. I, I like seeing, I guess I like the shading on her, but it's just... It is so clear that this game was made to run on the Switch. 
this? <laughs> like, they, they, they should have gone for, like, a different, like, different direction with the styles. Because I'm just looking at this, and I'm just thinking, okay, that's just five, but not as fun. Yeah. And, like, I like Persona 3's aesthetic. I just... I wish that more was done with it to make it more distinct and make it more of its own thing. And, like, I know that there are some flourishes for it. I do. But it's just... It just looks like character models in an environment to me. Like, the stylization to make it not P5 just kind of makes it look a bit more generic to me. I would agree with that if like I was looking at that and I I felt no identity from that at all, which I know that Persona 3 has a unique identity to it. And that was that was lost completely. It was blue. The trailer might be early gameplay footage. I do not believe for a second that Atlas is going to put in extra time for that. No, no. At at, at this point, early 20. Well, nah, nah, I don't. Like, having known Atlas for over a decade, nah, this is probably what we're getting. Yeah, well, it it, it, it exists. I, I It does exist. I am so eager to not be able to talk about it because I will probably prefer portable. Uh, will you get it, just out of curiosity? I will have to see what they're doing and what they're adding. Okay. Because there are several things I'm curious about. One, how much of the original voice track will be reused because they need to recast Junpei? Because he was originally voiced by Vic, and they're not using Vic's voice lines again. Oh. No, yeah, yeah, fair. So I'm wondering how much of it is going to be recasting, how much of it is going to be old lines, how much is going to be supplemented, because Persona 4 Golden is like a weird chimera of certain lines were re-recorded and other lines were not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear from the trailer that Tartarus is back in its original form, so it feels very, very similar to a remaster. And from but with heard, new assets? Yeah, what I've heard of Tartarus, that's not a selling point. No, it's not. Like, I don't even mind Tartarus that much, and I will tell you it's not a selling point. Whew. But yeah, it, it puts me in a difficult position because I want to like it. I want to be excited for this. There are little things, and like... The way that they're presenting, I guess, and that was originally a um, animated AMV cutscene. Mm-hmm. Seeing that as just full 3D with proper shading and whatnot, that does look good. That does work for me. I just have to wonder how much of the game will stick that landing and what exactly is being added. Because mm-hmm. they showed Kenji, and I've seen human beings be excited for Kenji on Twitter, and those people are liars. You did not exist before now. No one is excited for Kenji. Will be interesting. Yes, 
No, I'm I'm very interested in it, but I should be popping off and I'm not. Hmm, okay. I'm honestly more interested in the tactics thing. <laughs> e- even then, it's still lesser XCOM, it looks like. But, like, maybe it'll have a fun idea? Yeah, it, it looks like friggin' Disgaea. I hate the I art guess. style. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. It, we'll it see. Is it catchy in it? We'll see. Maybe there'll be fun character moments. There usually are. Like, Strikers have a bunch of fun character moments, actually. I need to go through that. Watch what? Like, like, you fight Iron Man. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's a great boss fight. Yeah. All right. That's all I have for news. Um, Games coming out this month. Let me see. Oh, right. I should games. have... Half of them have already come out because this is late. Yeah. Like, yeah, Street Fighter's out. Cool. Uh, Final Fantasy's coming out. Awesome. Right. Uh, I'm already playing Diablo 4. That's already out. Yeah, Diablo uh, 4 is out. Crash Team Rumble? Oh, man. They showed that. It looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I, I wanted I to give it the benefit of the doubt. I shouldn't have. But at the same time, they're like, but Ripper Roo is coming. And I'm like, I do like Ripper Roo. Uh, there uh, we love Katamari game. Reroll is out. Nice. That's good. Ghost Trick. I haven't played that. I'm tempted to. Oh, yeah. Good. And everybody's Everybody favorite sequel. Everybody switch. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that the game that, like, Nintendo was like, we cannot release it, it is too bad, it will hurt brand? I heard, yeah, something like that. Ugh. And then it looks like Master Detective Archives Rain Code. That's like that Danganronpa one, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Cool. Cool. Uh, Alright, that's it. Yeah, that's it for games. Where are you working on video-wise? Um... I honestly haven't had much time to work on anything. This has been a very busy month. I understand that. We're in the nether month now, but like... Yeah. On top of one of my sisters had a baby, which just took out a week, uh, you know, of its own. uh, Yeah, but congratulations. Oh, yeah. I'm an an uncle. That's weird. I don't like it. It, It's an odd feeling of just having this level of age on myself. Yes. Uh, I also just started biking to work. Instead of driving, which adding four miles on top of a steel yard job is does not leave a lot of energy for anything else. No, I would imagine. But yeah, I have just been kind of bouncing around between various different projects. As as I explained at the beginning of this stream, Mad Arts isn't in a good place right now, so I haven't been getting new art. I do actually mm-hmm. have several things either done or like thirty minutes of work away from being done. Right. So I'm more trying to just make kind of create a backlog right now, and hopefully once Mad Arts can get back on his feet. To just kind of schedule out some releases. Gotcha. Uh, same things I was talking about last time. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush I will release as soon as I get the artwork. The Pokemon thing's halfway done. Got a couple other things scripted. I, I have many things I'm working on, but not really anything that will be coming out soon, as I don't know when I'm going to be getting art. I can't I can't give anybody a schedule. Right. Okay. Uh, I have did uh, Carson in the chat right now, actually. I am bringing them on as another artist and might... Not probably not this month, but maybe next month. Release a video for with their arts, which I've been see- receiving little sketches of, and it's been making me very happy. Oh, cool! Awesome. Yeah. 
So, welcome to the Duke of York's channel, Carson. It is great to have you. Awesome. Alrighty. <laughs> we have been going for a while. Do we want to do bonus stage or save it for the Oh, I could do I could do a bonus stage. Okay, just wanted like, to see where you were at. The the fact that there is not the feeling of I have to edit this all later makes me feel <laughs> invincible. Fair, fair. All right. well, I could do whatever. Anyway, way to steamroll right over me. I'm not making anything, evidently. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to use the restroom real quick. Can you tell the people what you got? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, right. go for it. Go See for it. I'll, I'll, I'll schmooze. I'll schmooze. Anyway, he's gone. Um, hello, friends. How are you doing? Um, at this time, I do have a full episode on Exodia available for all of my $5 and over patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash designing four, you will be able to get that episode instantly. It is totally ready for you, all set, and I am really, really proud of it. Uh, coming up later this month, uh, this is actually the 25th anniversary of Banjo-Kazooie, so we will be having right for you a new episode of Designing 4 based around Banjo-Kazooie. It will be based on the character Gruntilda and what makes her such an excellent villain in not just gameplay and not just... Um, you know, her general personality and whatnot. Thank God he's gone. I know, right? And yeah, just giving her the full designing for treatment of look at this character from the childhood. They're silly, but actually they're really cool. Let me tell you for way too long about why they're really cool. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, friends. Thank you for understanding our special bond. Uh, in addition to that, I am working on a project involving the Crash Bandicoot series that will be coming out soon, hopefully. I'm having a couple of delays that have been going on for several months, but that one is nearing the end of the line there, so that'll be with you. And in addition to that, you have to look forward for me a video about Sonic 2006. That's right. Sonic 06 will be getting a video on the Design 4 channel. And it's not just a haha, it suck kind of one. It's a full look down through uh, Sonic 2006's story and less saying, haha, it bad and more looking at what was it actually trying to do. So you will have a full breakdown of that. That is what you have to look forward to in the coming two summer months. Interesting. I was definitely listening to and appreciating all of that. Awesome. But having, I'm assuming you talked about it, having seen the Yu-Gi-Oh! video, that looks oh, yeah. phenomenal. You guys are going to love that one when it comes out. And I've heard your yeah, you... pitch for the 06 story and what you're focusing on. And I'm also fascinated to hear what that's going to be. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm working on Silvery with that. He added a cowboy hat onto Mephilus the Dark. It made me very happy. Excellent. Alrighty. Uh, let us transition to the bonus stage. Let's do it. Welcome to bonus stage. Yeah, it's going great. All right, awesome. Uh, you want to go first or me? Oh, I could go first um, go because, first. you know, mine is obvious. Uh, have you all seen Return to Crocodile Isle yet? <laughs> have I'm you all seen it? Hold on, I'm actually going to grab 
return to crocodile isle just just in case just put, copy and paste this into the chat please do it right now my goodness oh my god this is the happiest i have ever been watching a thingy so like okay 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 the simple fact of the matter is like we as donkey kong fans have struggled it is hurt it is difficult but god we make some of the most beautiful content that you will ever see about silly monkey game and it is so so fulfilling seeing someone Take the picture that is in your head, your imagination, everything that enraptures you about um, a universe and then makes it into something that is so much more than you expected. Before I even go on about it, this is essentially a new music video starring King K. Rule in the style of a Disney villain song, and it is immaculate is fantastically animated character designs are incredibly well realized the direction for it is absolutely fabulous the colorization of certain things the stylization of other things is incredible and that is before you get to the point where they you realize that they brought back every living actor they could from the dkc cartoon ben campbell sings this full thing as King K rule and oh my god he has only gotten better I I would love to know the story behind how they made that happen because that's that's one of the craziest things I've heard any fan project ever accomplish Well see the way that they made it happen is they went through the Canadian Actors Guild you can see the logo for the Actors Guild in the credits Oh okay so they so spent they the official. money to get the real people wow. officially on this fan project. And apparently they were all courteous and a pleasure to work with and delightful. Nice. Yeah, that is the full voice of K. Rule is back. Clump is back. Captain Scurvy is back. And uh, at the end, the voice of Donkey Kong, Richard Yearwood, is back as well. And just... The level that they go to to create the vision of King K. Rule that I feel like every Donkey Kong fan has, but is difficult to express in just that sort of maniacal self-destruction and eternal grandioseness and his desire to stick out and remain relevant in spite of his constant inadequacy mm -hmm. is beautiful. Like, the way that they handle K. Rule in this is... Uh, oh. And just the lyricism of it, the fact that they have the full rap section, and just th that moment where he just goes, uh, you know, the, the full... Now, I know what you're all thinking. I know why it must be down, but I'm here to save the day. I'm here to turn the ship around. We're going to make up clackety, going to make a crickety crackety, going to turn those monkeys into pulp and banana daiquiris! Like... <laughs> The lyrical perfection of that, the the way that his mouth moves with the reptilian bits, those moments where he crescendos into the, hey, you know what the funny thing is? I don't even like bananas. <laughs> Just there is such an energy to this that is so perfectly pitch perfectly directed. Um, I 
I, I crumbled and uh, that uh, that portrait of K rule uh, that is now sitting in my uh, bedroom <laughs> as a canvas print. Oh, yeah, I saw your picture of that. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it, it was a bit and it's it's beautiful. I just. God, I have never felt so happy to be part of a fan base, to feel that, to express that, to be able to share that energy with others and go, this, this is why I like thing. You love this. I love this. I I have nothing but more praise. I, I listened to it 30 times the day it came out. I'm honestly surprised the number isn't, I, I would have think you just, what if you just put it on loop and just listen through it the entire day? I had other things to do. I watched it while doing other things. Ah, okay. And I it, see, I see. you have you have to think that it's ten minutes. So that was what five hours of my day. Yeah, that, that was watching the same that is thing. Five hours of cable singing. Yes, that's glorious. Oh my god! And the joke that they have at the end about K rule unaliving himself because of his frustration with clump masterful masterful uh, yeah i i have nothing but good things to say i i don't have anything more to elaborate on it's it's not a deep love it's just such an admiration for it and if I could get even one more person to listen to it, I'll be thrilled. Hell yeah. Other than that, read a lot of manga. So, like, if, if you guys want brief, quick manga recommendations, uh, let's go. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Hunter Hunter. Drags at points, but is very good. Uh, Shoha Shoten. Fantastic. Life-changing. Especially because I'm a YouTuber great series sakamoto days one of the funniest mangas i've read in recent memory okay okay i'm good now I'm go ready. ahead <laughs> i will just say like completely separate as, as a dk fan i also watched that thing Give me a much deeper appreciation for the character and the universe. It is just—it's—it's it's just really good. Yeah. Uh, again, I did not have time for much at all this month to the point that I kind of forgot I was supposed to bring a bonus stage until we started recording this. But you know what? I—I I, I think I can talk for a bit because I have been trying to catch up lately with Critical Role. Okay. Based on how much I've loved that series over how long it's lasted, I, th I, I think it's worth a deep dive into why I think it's so good. Oh yeah, by all means, go for it. Yeah, so for like the few people that don't know what this is, Critical Role is a D&D &D web series DM'd by Matthew Mercer, where he just takes a bunch of his friends who are also voice actors and they just play a Dungeons & Dragons sessions together. That, that, that's, the, that's the elevator pitch. It's D&D, but with professional voice actors, which is just really, really fun. You got all, the, all of the just wacky hijinks and randomness of a Dungeons & Dragons session, but with professional actors that can yes-and off of each other and like really go with like their various character arcs and storylines. It, it, it's the pinnacle of group story storytelling 
that Dungeons and Dragons provides a platform to allow. Uh, started, I think, seven-ish years ago, something like that. That, that, that sounds right. That's the, what, 2016? That sounds correct. Yeah, just, so, somewhere around there. Just, just as a small series on, on Geek and Sundry, I, I got into it, like, around the 35th episode of the first campaign, so I've been watching it for almost its entirety, its, its entire existence. Mm-hmm. And it's what what started as just a small for fun thing between a group of friends has become essentially the face of Dungeons and Dragons as a brand to yes. the point that it has eclipsed the actual Dungeons and Dragons brand. Arguably, I would agree with you. Uh, between the the Legends of Vox Machina animated show, which I think is out on its third season now, to, I think so. Uh, yeah. I think they're making a, a IMA season for the second campaign as well. They're making their own, uh, like, D&D rule set game modes so that can fully break away from the Dungeons & Dragons, like, moniker. I think it's called, like, Daggerhold or something like that. Yeah, they are. And it's, they've grown to a point that's probably going to work. It's one of the greatest, like, success stories I've ever seen from, like, going from grassroots to what it is now. I, I remember when they made the Patreon, like, funding to make the animated series into effect. They hit every stretch goal within, like, an hour. It yeah, was, okay. It was in, insane. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd like to talk a bit about why I really value this series. Uh, primarily, mostly, just because... I think Matthew Mercer is one of the best world builders and storytellers that I have ever seen. His world is is he puts a level of effort into explaining like every little detail, the the glorious sights that are around you, and really like embellishing upon it to a point that your imagination can actually see it. As he's describing it, he has, like, he's a voice actor, so he's obviously got, like, the chords necessary to, like, really get into that really storytelling-esque narrative drive. And just, yes. Like, into mm-hmm. the flow, knowing to slow down, knowing to speed up, knowing to really hide people up for the terror that's going on, how to really quiet things down for the emotional moments. Uh, just an absolute master. Probably, I know people don't like people, there's a corner of the Dungeons & Dragons community that doesn't like it when people say this because... It gives a an idea of what a DM should be, which Mercer himself has said that it shouldn't be the case, but I think he's just the best DM that has ever existed. I want to praise specifically his ability to still tell a story while wading through bullshit, but not completely overriding it. Like, he will allow his character the other characters to spin off into utter lunacy and points that would be incredibly frustrating for any other DM to deal with of just like, can we get back to the story? But he takes it in such stride and is able to use storytelling beats in ways like there are times where, and I say this only listening to occasional episodes of critical role Mm. where Someone will make a snide remark and he will answer in the most smug but collected tone that completely changes the tone of it from, okay, haha, funny joking to, okay, yeah, you can. But I mean, 
are you willing to pay the cost? <laughs> Just uh, he is so masterful at reigning in his table that I feel like that needs specific props. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, it's a great friend group that is willing to like give each other the time necessary to have their various character moments. Like you can tell that they've been working together for years and years and just know each other well enough yeah. to improv yeah. together. Mm-hmm. But the, his ability to just roll with whatever punch comes his way is so incredible. And he, and he, I, I've seen him just outright just pull up, hold up his plans for the night and just tear them to pieces. Just being like, okay, you know what? I had things ready for this, but you know what? This is more fun. Let's go with this. Yes, absolutely. I just, I respect anyone who is willing to roll with the punches when Sam Regal is involved. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't planning on highlighting this, but low-key, one of the most hilarious things about that show is that it has gotten to su- grown to such a point that any sponsor ad they do, they can get away with doing anything. When Sam Regal made a musical about his sponsor read, was about when I lost it. He has hosted wrestling tournaments but for finger wrestling so people like stick their hands into like little wrestling matches and he'll be like dressed up in the full garb being like okay yeah they're going on for the palm crusher here it comes it's just it's the stupidest shit every single time they have full on like story arcs for their ad reads yes just NordVPN trying to get out of the hackerverse and just he will write everything up beforehand and you can just see the frustration on his friend's faces realizing what Sam has made them read this time. And they all go with it because they're good sports about it every single time. Yeah. But there's there's some truly ridiculous things and it's always great to see. But past all of the just it's fun, it's funny, it's glorious, mm-hmm. I have seen some of the best emotional beats in storytelling in this just throughout these series. Like, you, you talk Sam Regal. He's a goofy guy. His characters are usually just absolutely hilarious. Just like, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm the stereotypical bar that just sings his way through everything. Once hit, his shit hits the fan, though, mm-hmm. it crushes you. I will not spoil it because I value it too much, but once Scanlan breaks, it is... He breaks hard. And... <laughs> The amount of torment Sam puts his friends through knowing what he's planning to do with it is kind of glorious to behold. Like, they're not against, like, actively... How do I, how do I put this? They will dive headfirst into really deep subjects and tragic backstories and, like, really explore how a character would react if they had something awful happen to them. Mm-hmm. Because they're professional enough that they can handle that with skill and grace. Right. And some of the things that they've shown, like, when a character dies, it's genuinely just heart-wrenching. Because you've seen these professional actors get invested in these characters, play as them for hundreds of hours. And it's just those moments before, if you're, when you're not quite sure if that character's going to survive or not. Mm -hmm. Like, absurdly palpable tension. It's 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 genuinely insane. They they've gotten to the point that they can afford like a full on production crew. So you've got people in the background that are actually like playing music that they've been able to license to, to like perfectly set the tone of whatever's going on right now. And they do massive nice. jobs as well. Good. I, I it's 
I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's some of the best storytelling I've ever seen. Every single member of that cast just takes everything they're given and exploits it to the, their fullest ability to tell a good story while still having as much fun as they can possibly have. Good. I, I know it's daunting because every episode is hours long and there's hundreds of episodes, but if people need, like, just tastes, again, they did a Zelda one-shots where Robbie Damon plays a Goron that is a huge fanboy of Link named Dink, and it's hilarious. So yeah, I think that's more than worth going through. Yeah, so if you just need little, little like, tastes, just, just try out a few of their one-shots, or even just highlights of clips, like, just funniest moments of Critical Role, and you see, like, part one of 20, and it's, like, 40 minutes long. Just, like, watch five or so minutes of that, and it'll give you an idea of the of the mm -hmm. hijinks on display. Mm -hmm. Justin, I bet you could get through One Piece faster than Critical Role. Oh, yeah, that's... The, no, no. Okay, like, let me math this out for you. The average Critical Role episode is four hours long. At this point, I believe there have been roughly 300 episodes of Critical Role. That is 1,200 hours of D&D, not counting, like, side spin-off shows or anything else like that. That is 1,200 hours. Yeah, I think doing basic math, that would be roughly One Piece would need 200 more episodes to catch up. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, you'll have more fun watching... Critical Role than you will One Piece. I could not get through 10 episodes of One Piece. No, that th that's fair. I do recommend reading it. Uh, also, if you do watch the show, I'd recommend starting with Campaign 2. The first campaign is a little rough, and there's one cast member that they got rid of in, like, episode 25 that ended up being a bit of a problem, and he kind of ruins the vibe for the first bit. So get, start with mm -hmm. the second campaign. If you like that, maybe go back to the first I think the second is the best for newcomers to be introduced to. Nice. Yeah. That's all I have to say, though. Shall we Very nice. wrap up with the comments? Let's go for it. Alrighty. Now realizing that I have forgotten to play the music for half of these, but I will remember tonight right now. Well, you know. It's okay, I remembered Future Sight and Comment Codex, and those are the best two themes. Like, all, all of Yogg's music were great, but I will listen to those things just recreationally. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I like bonus stage a lot. True, true. Shoutouts to Yogg. Yogg's great. Yeah. Okay. So let me grab this. I... This is a fun comment. I want to talk about this one. From Justin, what unreleased games would you want to have more information about or just have the whole game leaked online? Like recently so much more information got released about Pokemon Gold and Silver from new Pokemon to story details. I want to know more unreleased games like Donkey Kong Racing, the Kirby GCN games, and the fabled Earthbound 64. So, any in particular? Uh, yeah, the the obvious one is Donkey Kong Freedom. I, I want that. Mm. I want to know that. Uh, how familiar are you with Donkey Kong Freedom? Uh, I, oh, that was the one... I think you've talked about it in episodes past. It was meant for, like, the... the oh my gosh. I don't remember enough to comment. 
Uh, it's the one that was being developed uh, in the mid 2010s by Vicarious Visions after yes. they did uh, the Skylanders expansion with Bowser and DK. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I want more of that. I want I want to feel that. I want to know. Um, I want to know the feeling of Donkey Kong using banana peels on his feet to grind on vines. Like I oh, yeah. want to see the idea of open world DK. Didn't want it to hurt his feet. Yes. <laughs> like that, I'm super excited about. I know for a fact that Donkey Kong Racing was mostly a tech demo, and that it wasn't fully fleshed out. So we don't have the totality of that all set. But titles like Donkey Kong Freedom, titles like say Starcraft Ghost, as we mentioned in the past, mm -hmm. uh, earlier builds of Metroid Dread. Those I would be super Ooh, interested in seeing. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first, the original Metroid Prime Four is like obviously we haven't gotten the first one. I'd love to see what happened to a point that they were willing to restart in entirely. Yeah, uh, that that one Wii Kid Icarus game that was going to be like extra edgy. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad that one didn't happen. Imagine not being able to get Uprising because of... Yes, I agree, DMC, but I want but to see it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want agree, to know. I agree. I, agree. Uh, I know there was a StarCraft version of Battlefront in development at some point. That hurts my soul that that never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, that... Th so many Zelda projects. Like, there's so many that you hear about that just... Like, there was supposed to be a sweet gold to Twilight Princess, a Skyward Sword, the whole Sheik right. game... That just yep. you see a little bit of concept art with. I would have been fascinated to see any of those. Um Oh gosh, there, there's so many. I my, my I'm struggling because my traditional answer has always been Rayman 4. I don't really need to have that answer anymore because we've seen yeah, no, pretty much everything about Rayman. They got 4. it, you've seen it. Um the work that they were doing on a banjo game before Nuts and Bolts was right. decided as the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would have been fascinated on, just just to see the technical concepts of it. Silent Hills. For how good PT mm. was, I would have loved, yeah. I would love to see like what the full vision of that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the original version of Metal Gear Rising before it was passed off to Platinum. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't have been good, oh. but I just want to know. I was not aware that there was an original version. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was originally developed by Konami, and they were like, okay, no, we can't. We, we're just, it's just not working. Mm. It's just isn't working. So it's one of the most humbling things to have to ask for help in the Japanese games industry. So doing that for Platinum was a major step. And they, they created an amazing game. I wouldn't want this compared to what we got, but I just want to know. Okay, okay. Uh, let's grab... Uh, from Marshadow. Since you guys seem to like the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, what Sonic spinoff would you like to see happen next? Personally, I'd want games more like... Like more mystery games, except they follow the Chaotix as the main characters. A first-person shooter with Whisper the Wolf, an environmental puzzle platformer fe featuring Tangle the Lemur. I've never heard of any of these characters. Or a treasure hunter. Oh, they're game mostly IDW characters. Ah, okay, okay. But like Sonic spin-offs. Anything you want? 
Um, yes, I would love a Robotnik Badnik maker. Like, imagine Sim City and The Sims, but you're just polluting the world and making it worse. <laughs> With the undercurrent that every single little individual badnik that you make to live in your horrible dystopia was once a happy little woodland creature. Oh, gosh. Okay. Like, I, but make it super comedic and tongue-in-cheek. Make okay. it awful, oh, okay, okay. but funny. All right, I'm, I'm feeling you. Oh, I've got one. So, are you familiar with the Command & Conquer 3, like live action like tim curry yes jk Simmons. Yeah. space yes yeah okay that's but it's the president of the united states versus eggman and it's an <laughs> rts just going back and forth between those two uh who plays live action eggman though uh, jim carrey can't anymore now I, I i you know what i think i would still want it to be like animated but with the same tongue-in-cheek just being like you've got eggman with like the full-on military suit with like 50 badges that he gave himself mm -hmm. like g give the same tone that would be funny that would be quite funny um shadow the hedgehog but he has to do good deeds but it's a stealth game because he can't let anyone see him do good deeds <laughs> so you have to walk a dog really really fast and make sure no one sees you walk the dog. That, that, that sounds pretty great. Just Hitman, but kindness. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of curious about this, self, this myself. From Bino Nintendo. You've said that Pokemon Fire Red is a bad Gen 1 remake and that Let's Go is a good Gen 1 remake, and I'm not really sure that I understand what you mean by that. In terms of modernizing the Kanto region, I feel like Fire Red Leaf Green does a better job by bringing over features that didn't exist in Gen 1, like abilities and held items, as well as providing post-game content that feature Pokemon outside of the Kanto Pokedex. Sure, I've heard people's gripes about not being able to trade and battle with RSE or evolve certain Pokemon until that post-game, but considering that Let's Go only features the original 151 plus Melton and doesn't allow players to trade or battle with the Gen 7 and Gen 8 games at all, I'm failing to see how that works out in Let's Go's favor. I've also heard you say that you like the Pokemon games that feel more like an RPG and less like a Pokemon game, and if I'd like you to unpack that as well because I'm not entirely sure what you mean. So, t t talk about Pokemon for a bit. Okay, okay, that's that, that's fair. Um, to go with the uh, first uh, consideration, what I don't like about um, Fire Red and Leaf Green, well, first and foremost, I don't enjoy them as products because you, you have to understand that Fire Red and Leaf Green exist not as their own ideas, but as a way to make money. They are primarily a way to make you pay to get the original 151 in your gen 3 games and as a stopgap because they realized oh coliseum isn't really working out all that well mm. um i don't enjoy that sort of monetary investment um now from the sense of it advancing the series 
while true, I feel like that works to the original game's detriment because they add abilities, they add Pokemon, they add types and whatnot, but it's not compensated for in the game design of it. The Gen 1 Pokemon games were very much designed around being the Gen 1 Pokemon games. Like, if you look at, say, the Champions team, it's based around, okay, Rhydon is the highest attack and defense combined base stat total of all the Pokemon. Arcanine is the highest base stat total of fire types. Gyarados has a high base stat total, Exeggutor, so on and so forth. It's designed around those original games' mechanics. When you bring in Gen 3's mechanics... You're just bringing them in for the sake of bringing them in. It You're not doing anything to remix or remake the game or to rebalance the game with these compensated for, which I feel that Heart Gold and Soul Silver actually do a pretty good job of. You're just kind of forcing, you know, the circular peg into the square hole. And just going, you know, you're relying on the strength of that original game to carry it. It's it's very similar to how Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes was made in that that game introduces a lot of Metal Gear Solid 2's mechanics without compensating for Metal Gear Solid 1's level design. And there, there are moments that are, you know, compensated for for the sake of new players, for example, giving uh, Charmander Metal Claw by level up in order to give him a better matchup against Brock. In theory, that is good. That is a good decision. In practice, it is actively unteaching you the fact that some Pokemon are better against Pokemon special as opposed to their physical attack, that Ember will deal more damage than Scratch, despite both being not very effective because Ember matches up better against Onyx's low special defense. In giving Charmander Metal Claw, you take away that lesson and you turn Pokemon into purely looking for weakness sniping, which is not the way to play Pokemon. It's it's a very basic level, and the, the whole game is filled with that and low concessions like when you hit max friendship with a goal bat it'll go huh oh it's going to evolve oh no it's not huh i don't understand what happened really yes i did not know that yeah it only allows you to evolve him into crowbat once you hit the post game but it'll be like well you fulfilled all the conditions but and it makes every single level up with goal bat a nightmare because <laughs> it's just a what goal bat is oh no what go bad? Oh no. So in general, I just find that uh fire red and leaf green are ultimately inferior products to the original red and blue and are made primarily for marketing. Uh Tamahiro, uh T-A-M-A space H-E-R-O, has a great video that breaks down a lot of the gripes that I have with uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green and a, a lot of the later Gen 3 products in general. And I do recommend that to anyone who would be curious on it. Um, now, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. Let me be clear, I don't like playing those games as much, 
but they're very centered around catching Pokemon. It's it's a very different identity to it, where the RPG mechanics are more of a backseat and more of just like a bonus compared to the idea of catching them all, of getting your combo chains, of shiny hunting. Like, let's go. It's still the Kanto region, but it's using it as a backdrop to try another idea. And in that sense, I think it's more successful as its own product with its own identity than Fire Red and Leaf Green are. Okay, yeah, that, that, make, that makes sense. I mean, I was curious myself, but that... But, like, I think that they have more of a reason to exist than mm-hmm. Fire Red and Leaf Green that exist so that they could sell you the 151 again. Yeah, yeah. Having played through Pokemon Infinite Fusion, which actually does take the time to, like, redesign Gen 1 to a point of just, like, add, let's add something here, let's add something here to explain mm-hmm. this, let's... Seeing that contrasted with my experience playing Fire Red, I've, I've never really thought about it before because I have a very basic understanding of Pokemon in general, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see where you're coming from, where it's very much just trying to shove all this new stuff into the old stuff without taking into consideration how that changes the old stuff. Right. Like... You can't get berries in uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, except by pickup, if you have Meowth, who is only in Leaf Green. So Fire Red, until the post game, is completely shunted out of berries. Yeah, when when you put it that way, it's pretty easy to see that there's some problems there. Just a few. Yeah. And, like, I think that Fire Red and Leaf Green are probably the best basis for ROM hacks and the like. Mm. I think that the way that you can develop off of them is really smartly considered. I just don't like the base products at all. I would I would never replay them over a Gen 1 game. And I would never replay them over Let's Go either. And I would not replay them over Ruby, Sapphire, or Emerald either. Because mm. I think Emerald is actually pretty immaculately designed. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, remind me of the second question. I've gone on for a bit, but... Uh, what make... You like the Pokemon games that feel more like an RPG and less like a Pokemon game? They're just wondering if you could unpack that. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. So, if you consider, like, the level curve of the original Red, Blue, and Yellow... It is very much building towards something. It's very in both its encounters and what you're doing. So, like, consider the encounters that you have before Misty. Almost all of your wild encounters in Pokemon Red and Blue are going to be weak physical attackers. It is very rare that you will get a special attack. And that makes Pokemon like Starmie stand out more because that's such a strong special attacker. So that makes it feel stronger as a boss character, so to speak. And then you have Pokemon like Onyx, who are actually pretty fast and have incredibly high defense but are designed as pokemon to kind of suck because onyx has incredibly low hp and incredibly low special so he's designed with the idea of hit him with special attacks in mind and can be beatable if you throw enough pidgeys and ratata at him and that's what i like about a lot of classic pokemon they create characters who are very much designed to be bosses and then they let you recruit those bosses later 
And later Pokemon games are much, much more concerned with how the Pokemon will end up at level 100. Mm -hmm. And being able to collect them. And I'm not saying that every Pokemon game struggles with this. Like, um... Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. I think Norman's Gym is absolutely fantastic. It plays with a lot of the individual aspects of Pokemon, and it even characterizes him really well with having Slacking being incredibly strong but a bit over the hill and ready for the new generation to overcome him. I think that's super smart. And just later Pokemon games are a lot more concerned with expediting the process of the journey so you get to the end game faster. Hmm. No, yeah, I, I can see that. I agree. So that's that's mostly where I'm coming from with that. Um, I think that Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow play a lot like traditional RPGs. Like, they feel like contemporaries for Dragon Quest. And the further you get into the series, the further away from that feeling of Dragon Quest you get. Mm. Okay, okay. Good question. I'm just curious about that myself. Uh, let's grab one from Yogg, because Yogg's great. Shout hey, Yogg. What do you guys think of 100%ing processes when putting them into the value of a game? I've seen a lot of people detract a whole lot to Crash 4 due to 106% being way too much to the point where it makes some dislike the boss, the base, any percent game, but I find that to be unfair. Should then Breath of the Wild be denied the greatest game ever title because it gives so many dang Korok seeds around? Because of the drag Korok seeds are? Is there a middle ground? Does it even matter when discussing a game? I'd love to hear you guys ramble about this point. Value of 100%ing a game, how much should that be considered? Depends on the game's design goals, really. I was about to say the same thing, yeah. It, it yeah. depends on what it's expecting of you and how much 100%ing it gives you. Like, if it's, mm-hmm. like, important for, like, story purposes, then absolutely. If you can only see the true ending by 100%ing the game, then yeah, it is pretty important, I'd argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, to specifically go after Crash 4, and I'm saying this with, like, Crash 4, I think, is the best design platformer of the Crash Bandicoot games. Like I'm saying this thinking it's an excellent game. It kind of sets itself up for failure in that sense because of how it's designed. Because the previous Crash games have 100% as their main goal, as the expectation. It'd be the same as, say, um, if I was like, oh yeah, Banjo-Kazooie, um, I shouldn't be expected to 100% it, I can just any percent it, can't I? And the expectation is, no, no, the game is built around you slowly learning the levels so that you can get all the notes in a clean run. That's what the game is focusing on. Crash 4 is a very fun and difficult platformer, but the expectation from the rest of the Crash series is that you are going to get all the boxes. So when they hide a box off screen and you're missing one box at the end of the level because of a cheeky developer idea, that's naturally frustrating. Now, I think that Crash 4 does a lot of things to balance that out by having like individual gems for like getting 40% or 60%, so on and so forth. 
but you still have the expectation of the entire series beforehand that you're working against, and you're still highlighting that if you get 100%, good things will happen. Mm -hmm. So with that frustration, I definitely do see it. If you compare to, say, Breath of the Wild, its idea isn't getting 100%. It's having a massive world that you can explore and then moving on when you're ready and you see another thing or like, ooh, that thing. It, if Breath of the Wild had a checklist of every single shrine in the game that you had to fill out one oh. by one, it would be nightmarish because it doesn't. And because you don't have that expectation, then those who want to get 100% will get 100% or will get fatigued and they'll like the game less. That's, that, what, that's that what just gets the fatigue for Assassin's Creed like games for me because they have those checklists of like, oh, yeah, you yes. get zero out of 49 of this thing, zero out of 63 of this thing. And it's it just it's exhausting. Yeah. So, yeah, it it depends on your design goals overall and how much stock you put into it and what the series has done in the past to highlight it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't really have anything more to, more to add to that. It, it's really one of those answer questions where it's just, it depends on the game. Yeah. Uh, don't put a list in unless you're expecting people to get 100%. Let's put it like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just talking about Pokemon, like, it, it, it still drives me mad that you require two games to, to this day, to fully 100% and get that shiny charm. Like, it's effective, it works. Yeah, gotta catch them all. sure and i think we'll do one more uh okay after sending like six questions last time uh jared hebert decided you know what i'm gonna send a full dozen your way this time okay. i'm not going to read all of them because there's well if you read them. all of them i will put on glasses and do a macho man randy savage voice too i but why would you incentivize that Can i'm I, not incentivizing it. it but i will shit on it You give me one question and answer seriously, and the other 11 I will shit on. Okay, okay, what, what's the serious one here? Okay, uh, uh, um... No. No. This one. Uh, are there any games that you'd like to stream, aside from, like, the Peasant's Perspective or the Designing for streams? Anything you'd really like to share an experience with that, for whatever reason, you just can't? Or just haven't had um, to yet? Yeah, it's just uh, mostly limitations of my setup. Uh, you wouldn't want to see me stream. It's poor. It would be poor quality. Um, personally, I would love to do a 12-hour challenge learning how to speedrun a game. Probably either Kirby Superstar or Banjo-Kazooie. Or Crash Team Racing. Any one of those three, I would love to just slowly learn the speed run for and spend a day trying to figure that out. Um, I would love to stream Persona 4, but that scares me. <laughs> just to have people reacting to Persona 4, that is a scary game to have people react to in the wild. Mm-hmm. 
but it's also a very important game to me, and I would have a lot of fun potentially doing that. Other than that, let's think. What would be good? There's a lot of RPGs that I think if I streamed, I would actually get to the end to, like most Final Fantasies or Tales of games. So that would be nice and motivating. Um, I would love to stream a Tony Hawk game, but I never can. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very fair. Very fair. Unless you want it on mute. At which point, what is the point? I think in terms of mine... I kind of like keeping, like, initial experiences and emotional experiences close to the chest, so I don't know if I'd try to go through, like, Los's story in Divinity, or... Uh, having done it before, doing XCOM 2 with viewers submitting ideas for the units, like, just being essentially playing with you viewers as your units, that's always a delightful <clears throat> time. Agreed. Um, I've talked to you about this, but I think it would be very fun to do Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn with this randomizer. Because just imagine, <laughs> like, bouncing voices back and forth, but the voices you're giving the characters are the characters they have been randomized into, but with the same yes. dialogue as the original character. That sounds like so much fun. Yes. Um. Oh, I know. I'd really love to do uh, Monster Hunter streams. There's a lot of the older games... And Generations Ultimate that I just never got around to. That I want to get around to. There's a lot of creatures that I want to experience fighting. Like that, I've, I've talked about this. The one Egyptian beetle thing that will create basically a Metal Gear for itself to fight in. That yes. Top tier design that I've just never experienced. Really just most old games that I am familiar with but do not have enough motivation to actually play. Playing in front of an audience is a good way of, like, forcing yourself to actually get through things like that. Definitely. Okay, are you ready for me to wrap it through, fire through these? Oh, yeah, hit me with them, yeah. Okay, I will try to keep a what straight What you got? Face. Okay. If you had to cosplay as a character for a con or event, but a blank check to make it function how you'd want it to, who would you choose and what would you do? Ooh, a blank check. Infinite possibilities within the cosmos here. I think with an eternity behind me, with the idea of that, I would go, yeah, yeah. I would have King K. Rule, yeah? All right, I would have K. Rule. And everyone would see me. And every day of the con, I would have a different outfit, yeah. And every six hours, I would go into the bathroom. And I would change my outfit so it would be a different version of K. Rule. Every six hours, yeah. You wouldn't see me, but you would see me, yeah. What are some copy abilities you'd like to see, to see brought back for a new Kirby game that we haven't seen in a while, be it expanded or reworked? A brand new copy ability is a very intelligent idea. 
you have a lot of potential with that, yeah. What I recommend for this would be to make Kirby Ball and, yeah, take the ball ability and form it into the different sports to make Kirby an excellent reminder of all forms of sports. Yeah, the athletic menace of the pink puff ball cannot be contained. If you got to produce slash direct a spin-off game for a series you like, or maybe a series you want to like but can't, what series and what genre would you go for? Any sort of game can branch off into any other sort of game. It all depends on the ideas that you have. Oh, yeah. What decisions would I make? What ideas would I have? Oh, yeah. The ideas for me would be to make the Paper Mario series the visual novel. The adventure game style, yeah. You don't need the RPG mechanics, my friend. Oh, no, no, no. What you need there is the... The dialogue is the ideas, is the expansion of the Mario world that you can tell within the stories of the Paper Mario Scopo, yeah. Any hopes for the eventual Super Mario Bros. 2 movie? The only hopes that you could have are the hopes that you hold in your heart, yeah. The thoughts that you could have within the mind of your soul are infinite and possible, oh yeah. What I'm hoping for, what I'm dreaming for, is the idea of a buddy Bowser, yeah. Tagging along, trying to find that macho spirit within him to make him the villain that he knows he is, overshadowed by the friends that he has now and trying to find the balance within the world. Oh, yeah. I also think that Rosalina is a very likely possibility. Dig it! (laughs) Ah, if you had to create a regional Pokedex for a new Pokemon game, name one species slash family you'd want for each of the 18... Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) Name a Pokemon for each type. Each each of the types is the question. Oh, well, when you see every type, to make a full region, to make a full idea, to expand on, yeah, I'm just gonna basically give you my favorite types from each type that have a full family, yeah, so you have the normal type, a type that is very near and dear to my heart, cause in the zone that is our hearts that is in the macho universe, we are we all not normal, are we all not Pokemon? In this crazy world. To which I would give the Snorlax line. Because to have the Munchlax grow into the mighty oak that is the Snorlax. Oh yeah. That's the ticky baby. Was, and then it was to we, create one, not your favorite, but like, this oh. is honestly <laughs> To create one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> To create a normal type to be what would be the normalcy and what is more normal to you, to me, to everyone than an alpaca. And every time it evolves, the neck gets longer and longer and longer. Oh, yeah. Next question. <laughs> what are some of your favorite vacation or road trip memories? vacation or road trip memories will you see Oh, when the macho monkey sees exactly what he's looking for in the vacation spot. Oh, yeah. He remembers going over 
real nice big bridges yeah when you travel over a bridge and you see everything beneath you in the small travels that's a beautiful thing or when you go hiking in the depths of the desert find a waterfall a waterfall the opposite of the desert the wetness in the dryness when you see the wet dry world for yourself in the beauty of nature that is your special gift especially when you see the bird the bird oh yeah the bird you had a million dollars to start a new business however you wanted or needed how would you do it when I start the new business with the democracy, you must realize that in this late stage capitalism world of ours, oh yeah, it is difficult to start any form of new business. So I would spend my millions of dollars, oh yeah, getting someone to start a business for me that I would then manage. Oh yeah, excuse me for a moment. <coughs> oh Oh, yeah. Rid myself of the antibodies within me. <laughs> I think in the interest of your own vocal cords, we'll call it there. I can keep going. Hit me. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Okay. Thoughts on PepsiCo killing Sierra Mist in cold blood with Starry. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the context behind this. I, I don't know what this is. I, read I can't the, even answer. Thoughts on PepsiCo killing Sierra Mist in cold blood with Starry. The, the important question that's on all of our minds. Hydrate. It's very important for you. You don't need Pepsi Coke. You don't need Sierra Mist. You only need H2O. Double the amount of O that you usually get from the soda. Yeah. Any hopes for the summer update that Valve's working on for Team Fortress 2? Not a one, not a two, and most certainly not a three. Valve cannot escape the three count that is hounding them for years, yeah. They will continue to writhe, and the ideas that I have for the summer update are that it is a fantasy. Blanca Chan is a jungle sprite. You are very lucky to see him, much like an update for Team Fortress 2. Yeah. How many official rivals, re revivals, sorry, continuations, reboots, do you wish were half as good as what DKC Return to Crocodile Isle brings to the table for the DKC cartoon? Oh, yeah, if anything were that to that level. For you see that the crocodile isle does not just rise from the depths like an inhuman automaton. No, no, it revives more than the spirit, more than the macho spirit. It revives to the level of infinite potential that you do not see with your eyes. You see with your heart here. Yeah. And Next. last question, how are you guys doing? Just in general. Just want to make sure all's well for you guys. Oh, you know what? You know, everything happens for a reason, my guy. Does the macho man cry? Yeah, absolutely the macho man cries. I think everyone deserves to feel the full gamut of human emotion within their lives. But you know what? 
Moments like this, they fuel me, yeah. They allow me the opportunity to have a little bit of creativity to see what we're seeing. And you know what? The ability for you to tell me how I'm doing, to ask how I'm doing, to wonder how I'm doing, that matters a lot to me. Because that means that you care. And I appreciate you. Thank you very much for your time and your effort. Oh, yeah. I see you, my good friend. As the parasocial dominatrix in this world of ours, in this crazy we all live in a Pokemon world, oh yeah, I'm glad to call myself your friend, but only that you think I'm your friend, yeah. Thank you. That was glorious. I feel so sorry for how much you're going to lose your voice in a bit. Meh, meh, it's fine. I don't have work till Monday. I'll oh, live. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't need to talk. Uh, anyway, we did it. If you enjoyed that, Live please episode. leave a comment with hashtag DDG comment so that we can see your comment. Yeah. Uh, thank you for all you guys watching. Uh, Spotify listeners, I'm sure this was very weird. But like... This is also very comfortable. It is extremely comfortable. We might make this the new norm. Holy shit. This is just, this is so much easier. <laughs> yeah. No, if I, can I just I get feel... the trailers to play in the background, which I'm sure there's a way to do that. Yeah. And this is fun. I love having a bit of an audience interaction. It's fun to just watch people. <laughs> the amount of oh yeahs in the chat right now. glorious. <laughs> if anyone were to ever make fan art. Please. Yes! I will beg. My god, please. <laughs> I will replace the Designing for logo in the top right with that fan art. <laughs> please do. Uh, but that has been the Design Dorks for the month of May and kind of half of June. Uh, we will see you all guys next month. And yeah, thank you guys. We'll see ya. Yeah.